Am I supposed to be a man? Am I supposed to say, it's okay, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. Well, I mind. I mind big time. <laughs> but you know what the worst part of all is? I never learned to read. like to thank the academy for this month. hi everybody welcome to laser time the internet's currently fifth leading pop culture show uh welcome to the annual oscar show yes, Yay. Oh, yes. uh we usually talk about uh, uh pick a topic usually about movies video games tv shows toys occasionally uh but this time we're going to talk expressly about the oscars not i don't want to make it sound like the boring part of the oscars because let's be honest the oscars aren't totally for us, nor the people we speak to. They, those, these aren't the movies we like to go watch. So we're kind of here to tell you which movies are worth your time and which ones aren't. Uh, and impress your friends. Because now you have the knowledge. I'm Christopher Antista. Henry Gilbert. Diana Goodman. Michael Raparas. And and I think we've most of us have seen every Best Picture nominee. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think, our fourth annual show. It is. Is it really? Yeah. Fourth wow. annual? So before I get off on that, because I, I didn't really bother to even look in what was nominated for anything else. And I normally see more than one documentary, and I didn't. Uh, and I discovered a documentary on Amazon Prime uh, the other day. Shared it with you, Hank. I watched it all. The so dog, good. and I just wanted to grab sound clips from it oh, because the it, dog was. The I'm best. sure it's not nominated, but it's an Alamo Draft. Have you ever seen Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah. Uh, it is it. about the guy who is Al Pacino, Ooh. John Warwitz. Yeah, and his life was crazy. His life is nuts, and he has the he has the voice of a working stiff. But says the crazy, the, the craziest shit comes out of his mouth. Let me see if I can pull. The name Waterwitz. I coined the phrase "Little John Basso." Okay, little is because my prick is little. So he. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, he he has this. I the, his accent. I am not used to hearing say these these things, and this works especially well if you've seen Dog Day Afternoon. So we went to two fifty, West Tenth Street. And this is the first time that we had sex together, which means I fucked Ernie. Okay? And then after that, our relationship started. Uh, that's... and uh, the, uh, It was real romantic-like. So if you haven't seen it, it's if about I a... take him out, I mean kill him. A dude who holds up the Every bank. Week. And the end of the movie, it's revealed that, like, oh, this guy has a boyfriend or a, a girlfriend who's a trans person. Yeah. yeah, it's all very confused in the... Like, in the film themselves, like, they kind of... John misgenders uh, uh, Liz Eden mm-hmm. a million times because, like, to him, she was always Ernie. Like, mm-hmm. just like, well, I t- Ernie changed his name to this. So like, it, this is what I love hearing him hearing him say this because I'm just not used to it from this voice. It sounds like he should be telling me how bad gays are. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's saying shit like this. Okay, the reason we broke up is because we kept having arguments and fights because he wanted the sex change operation. And what a lot of people don't understand is I didn't want Ernie to have the sex operation. I, at the time, was interested in a guy with big tits and a little dick. But Ernie wanted to be a woman. And in the beginning, I didn't realize how badly he wanted to be this woman. I'm, I'm, try- I'm marveling at like the shit coming out of his mouth and how beautifully sincere he is when talking about the situation. And I'm hoping most people have seen Dog Day Afternoon. 
Because who who's the guy who played this partner? Uh, Chris Sarandon. Chris, what, no, no, no. Oh, uh, who played his, his partner who died. Partner? Yeah. Oh, uh, John Cazale. Yes, John Cazale. And this is the part of the story I never heard before. This is about them about to embark on the bank robbery. So we went and got the guns, the rifles, everything we needed. Then we went to the Golden Nugget Motel the night before the robbery. Okay, while we were in there, I grabbed a hold of Bobby Westenberg and I wanted to fuck him because he used to dress up as a girl with a dress, right? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I want to fuck you. Well, I don't want you fucking me. I said, I'm giving you $50,000, right? You're going to tell me I'm not getting a fuck out of it? You're out of your fucking mind because I'm getting a fuck out of this. So, <laughs> fucking, I love this guy. Oh I love this guy. <laughs> Uh, you know, but yes, I, I was that, like, that is available on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, if you want to support us uh, and you want to sign up for Amazon Prime, you get a 30-day free trial by using bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y slash Laser Prime. A lot of these movies are on uh, Amazon. That's how, a couple of them are on there right now. That's how I have uh, one of them. I don't know. Where do we start? Uh, you want to just go in alphabetical order? We could, I guess. Best Picture nominees. Best Picture nominees for 2014. Mm-hmm. First up would be American Sniper. American Sniper. Now, when you say we've all we've seen all of them, you mean between all of us we've between, seen like, all of I've them. I've seen everything mm. except Theory of Everything, which I mm. won't watch because it looks too fucking stupid. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about that at all. Let's get that one out of the way. Okay. Here's a clip from Theory of Everything. Superb. Therefore, all there is to say is well done. Or perhaps I should say, to be more precise, well done, Doctor. Bravo, Stephen. An extraordinary theory. (laughs) Thank you. So what next? Prove it. Prove with a single equation that time had a beginning. Yay. The story of Stephen Hawking? Does it at least focus on a little bit... I... I cannot stand biopics. It is I, very typical biopic. I have I had a conversation recently how Walk Hard should have made the biopic extinct, and I, then I see a James <laughs> Brown movie trail. I'm like, ah, what? They really did that again? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's the same. Uh, I I can't believe the film industry had a or the Oscars especially mm-hmm. even had a capacity for two films about tortured British computer scientists. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the Ugh. year of the tortured British real life genius Man, people. I just it, it seems to me most of these biopics are summing up a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia entry on a person's life and then taking dramatic mm-hmm. liberties. Yeah. Don't watch that shit. I would yeah, if a documentary this, came out tomorrow about Hawking, I'd be all over it. Yeah, of, all over. Yeah, it. I didn't realize that both them, yes. Stephen Hawking and uh Alan Turing uh, killed their brothers when they were kids and had their dads going, wrong kid died for the rest of their life. (laughs) I really was holding on like, really? You son of a bitch. Sorry, what were you saying, Diana? I was going to say, yeah, when you said that it's like an animated version of a Wikipedia article, Mm -hmm. this is the one of the batch that is the most like that. And that's that's why we do this. Really, it's for the performances... Eddie Redmayne's really good. He looks a fuck ton like Stephen Hawking. And I gotta give him that. But then he does have to spend a lot of the movie not really moving. I've always said this. The Oscars Oscars are my Super Bowl where I stand up and get mad and clap at shit. And I love This is one of those movies like, God damn it, why are you here? This is is the team I don't want to win. This is the New York Yankees to me. (laughs) Get out of the running. Team biopic. Yeah, one of the things that they haven't you haven't noticed too much about it though is it's based on his wife's book and mm-hmm. his wife played by Felicity Jones is as much if not more the main character is and she? she's really good is it because um, she's looking, easier to look at on screen for 90 minutes 
well, she's the one who gets to actually like talk and move and and tell Eddie us what's Redmayne happening. Eddie Redmayne is on. very handsome. He's I have no handsome. idea who he this really, person is. I will never watch looks, this movie. He looks so much like Hawking even before the ALS really. Came I, I knew him as um, uh, while well, he was in the Les Mis film yeah. as the least interesting character oh, in Les Mis. He's so boring. Yeah, that character. <laughs> and maybe it deserves some because some of these movies that are historical, I thought I would not like, but they ended up focusing on a point of history that I I had a very rudimentary knowledge of and hopefully gave me the right real uh, non-fictional knowledge mm. that I would the context that I would have liked about these stories so maybe this movie probably has a little bit of that because I, I think people it's forget a, that Stephen Hawking was not born that way no and in, in fact it happened like a, at an excruciating point in his life like what college yeah it seems to be like early grad school yeah and yeah they say like you know he's dating this girl and they're like he starts to have these problems where he's tripping, he's falling, he can't pick stuff up, his words are starting to slur, and they're like, he's got two years left. And she's, he's like, you should dump me and just go away now, I'm just gonna go die. And she's like, no, I love you, I can I can be married to you for two years. It's like 20-some years later. Uh, wow, that that's tough. Duh. I mean, so that's good, on her too. but that's bad. Like yeah, he, he broke up with her for his nurse. And she, she kind of had another guy too. Yeah, so okay. I so guess wait. it worked out. Except that I think some people have accused the nurse that yeah. he married of abuse. His children have. Uh, mm. right. yeah. I'm depressed. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about something else. Well, I was going to say where I'm declaring this movie a later time, not must see. No. I just want to say one thing about this. It is weird that so we've got Benedict Cumberbatch's mm-hmm. Alan Turing. And uh, this guy, I've already forgotten his name, playing Hawking. Mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne playing Hawking. Benedict Cumberbatch also played Hawking. In, like, Did he a, really? A movie called Hawking, which I think was maybe made for TV. We it was, caught yeah, it. BBC or Channel 4. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. British. It's yeah. probably yeah. a TV movie from 2004. I'll bet it's better. I bet they focused in a very small part of his life, and it's probably more interesting. It pretty much probably begins with helped. him going to a party and then, like, Oh, I'm sprawled out on the lawn and I can't get up. What's Hawking going man, on? Someone put ALS in your drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spot of bad luck there. <laughs> uh, but uh, wait, I forgot to say that for every one of these, almost every entry here, because we're going to talk primarily about the best picture nominees. Did the person who played mm-hmm. Hawking get nominated for anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, best he's, actor. He, it's between him and, and Michael sh- Keaton. That's the thing. I'm sure he's good. I'm sure this he, is probably is a, an a, Academy Award worthy performance yeah. in a movie you'll never want to watch more than once. Yes, um, it, that's, that's, fair to that's say. my that's that's my argument against the Oscars. You should make movies that are classic and people want to watch again and again. And then best, nom- best nominees never are. They're like, here's a his- a short history lesson you didn't know. You'll never mm-hmm. watch this again. It's not yeah. an issue of it being depressing. It's just not rewatchable. And but we wrote sketches about uh, each one of these movies. That's the only time I'm going to say it because for the rest of the show, I'm going to say I think I think we have a deleted scene from Theory of Everything. Right. So yes, let's go into that. I am an awkward British person who is not Benedict Cumberbatch, and I am working really hard to be a theoretical physicist. What is theoretical physics? We are not going to tell you, but I am working on a theory. A theory of everything. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm David Thuelis. Apparently I'm the only person who has worked at Cambridge ever. Congratulations, Hawking. You've got your degree. And ALS. Does this mean he'll do the ice bucket challenge? No, but my kids will one day. You have kids? Yes. The one thing you will learn from this movie is that, despite my disability, I get laid more than you. I have no problem boning a man who's immobile and can't speak. Don't think too much about that. 
I am leaving you for another woman. No, I'm leaving you for another man. Here's another science award for science. I'm leaving you both for shapeshifting Gary Oldman. I deserve an Oscar. I am a handsome actor looking less handsome than usual. Reward me for doing what millions of people do every day. Welcome back, everybody. I'm I'm sure that was funny. We haven't written anything yet. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't offensive to anybody. Um, Jesus, we just lost our ALS listener. Oh, that's too bad. Oh. That's too bad. Well, can you really go anywhere? No. I'm going to miss no. you, Todd. Going to miss you, Todd. Henry, Henry chasing further, further back. Sorry, can't even apologize now. What movie should we talk about next? Best picture. There are eight nominees. Eight nominees this time. Um, well, you were going to say American Sniper. Yeah, should we talk about American Sniper now? Uh, yeah, I have a little clip from that. I'll tell you something. These Marines keep rushing in like they're doing. They're going to have their asses shot off. Well, the Marines, they don't get the training we do. Half these guys were civilians six months ago. Well, let's coach them up. I'll show them how team guys do it. I'll leave the unit on the street. No, we can't do that. We need you on Overwatch. Well, come on. If I'm on the street, Mark, I can house to house is the deadliest job here, man. You got some sort of savior complex? I just want to get the bad guys, but if I can't see them, I can't shoot them. Look, all these guys, they know your name. They feel invincible with you up there. They're not. They are if they think they are. Why don't you just keep banging on the long gun? We'll let these dogs sniff out their collie. I, love, I do love some of those terms. Overwatch for the sniping position, mm-hmm. and you stick to the long gun. Yeah. Banging a, on the long gun. Banging on the long gun. And, and hearing that clip, I'm like, oh, pretty convincing accent from Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Boo like, Bradley I Cooper. Like great. I, yeah, I guess yeah. he's great. This yeah. is still this has the same problem I have with all Clint Eastwood's movies. You know, What's I was, thought about it from the, like the political angle, and mm-hmm. I in the end, oh I, no, I kind of feel like I did with Zero Dark Thirty, which is sort of like you see what you want to see. Yeah, it I could go there's... it could go either way. Either it's like super jingoistic, our guys are great, and they're a bunch of fucking savages over mm-hmm. there, or it's this is a bad situation all around for everybody. Yeah, and there's a shit happens in war. Man. The most interesting part, I, I for me in the movie was like. Every time he'd come back and be super uncomfortable in society. Mm-hmm. You're so great at war, you have no idea how to function in the United States. Yeah. None at all. And like yeah. he, he, and he excels over... I don't know how Eastwood feels about him, but I do... Like, every time he did... The more barbaric... The more barbaric what he did is, the more mm-hmm. of a justification they give him to do it. Yeah. And yeah. so that... I don't know. They that, left out the scene where he, you know, sets up on top of the uh, Superdome or <laughs> during, during yeah. Katrina. Yes. It well, shoots well, he really did that? Yes. He, he claimed, no, he claimed he to do it. He said he did that. Is he a Brian Williams type now? Oh, yeah. come on. Uh, he, also, he also Contemporary. claimed of, uh, he, beat, he said he beat up Jesse Ventura, which led to a lawsuit uh, in which Jesse Ventura now has millions of dollars from the book proceeds. Uh-huh. Well, I did read about that, actually. Mm-hmm. Is Jesse Ventura here? Can you tell us about it? I sued the hell out of him for saying the wrong things about me. Nobody beats Jesse Ventura in a fair fight, long gun or no. <laughs> I, I am a Marine. I can take on any Navy SEAL. <laughs> bark, little SEAL, bark. Thanks, <laughs> Jesse. You're welcome, Henry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the other thing is uh, we got you know half of these are based on true stories and it's like you have to kind of separate out 
what's what's movie logic and what actually happened. This guy sounds like I'm, there's, you know, really, I try to judge things just on what's on the movie, what's in the movie, and do not accept that that is true. I'm really tired of true story films. Yeah, like it's just so it seems like films are either a tentpole action movie or a true story thing. Well, of the true story films this year, I have to say this was the most fun for me at least then. to watch. Um, you know, it, it had it was the closest to an action movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I will say. You know, I'm so used to uh, action movies having the hero who's the chosen one that yeah. the fact that he's portrayed that way very much didn't so bother me so much. It's the, weird, though, isn't the it? The one thing that stuck out to me was that, like, he's using a satellite phone to talk to his wife isn't it crazy? in the middle of a mission. It's like, I don't think they're allowed to do that. In like, a, even the special forces do. I don't want to say anything too politically charged, but I never thought we'd be able to make movies... Like they did in World War II, even up until like the mid '90s, and today, where they like they look back at World War II, where everybody who's involved is a hero, mm-hmm. and that is how this movie is portrayed. Like this yeah. guy is just—he is an absolute hero, and that's mm-hmm. the weird thing about it. There's no political conflict in the movie at all, whether we should be there or whether we shouldn't, which I can't separate in my brain. Yeah, yeah that's why I haven't and, seen it. And 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 that the hero is calling his wife from the front lines. Yeah, it's a crazy. It's really hard to see because I've never seen that in a movie before. The war hero calling his wife on a Motorola. Yeah. That's it, and, and, but I just hate it because it's... The thing I kept... I didn't read that much about it because you know I love my think pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't read that much about it and I just kept hearing baby over and over again. I kept waiting for a baby to get sniped. <laughs> and, I, and that never happened. And then what What was the baby thing as it turned out? Well, it's just a incredibly he holds an incredibly oh, fake looking baby, baby the is so they fake. do it more than once and it, and it just so happens to occur in the middle of the frame in a very very dramatic scene yes it's the <laughs> fakest baby you've ever ever seen it's so, the cabbage patch doll i have a theory the uh, a baby i have a theory about that in hmm. that uh, from what I, i've read interviews with with about and, and profiles of eastwood the director mm-hmm. yes and that he is a one take type of guy. Like yeah. he just yeah. like no, one take. Let's like that was good. Let's not yeah. overthink this. I got to talk to a chair. Good enough. Let's move on. To the next. Enough. You know who else was a one take kind of guy? Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I meant Ed Wood. Ed Wood. But that's but that is leads me to believe what the Academy's love is for Eastwood. One, I think it's because like he was never celebrated when he was doing things on a zeitgeisty level. He was he was always poo pooed as a third a B movie actor in a bunch of movies that the Academy didn't acknowledge and now mm. the Academy loves him because it turns out those westerns were fucking awesome mm-hmm. and pretty sweet. Well, yeah. I read this great article. It was uh, this uh, it was by written by Peter Biskind, mm-hmm. Biskind who Biskind who, yeah. who wrote uh, Raging Bulls mm-hmm. and uh, Easy Riders, and Raging, Easy Bulls. Riders Riding, Raging Bulls. Anyway, yeah. in it it's uh, it's right before Unforgiven Wins the Oscar mm-hmm. and it's all about like. Has has Clint Eastwood finally gotten the Oscar? Has he made yeah. his Oscar film? And it's so interesting to see this point of like it was profiling him as a guy who was on the outs with the yes, Oscars. Yes, which he's not. Any, and, and so, in my opinion, he's been Mister Oscars for twenty yes, years. Now. Everything he does gets nominated, mm-hmm. and they're never that great. Well, and, Jersey Boys got forgotten. Oh, because he did two movies well, this makes, year. He's <laughs> again. Well, he's as even Woody Allen makes one. Allen. He has no action sequences. Yeah, and, and I, here's here's yeah. my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. With Hanky's uh, uh, one take anecdote, mm-hmm. Eastwood doesn't overthink his movies, and as a result, makes studio movies that do not look like studio movies. Yeah, it is the Academy. What they're witnessing when they end up watching Eastwood, who I'm guessing is a very old establishment white Republican male, but he ends up making movie jazz. 
by not overthinking anything. He doesn't even add music in wow. most of his movies. Jazz, he also loves jazz. Jazz is a great comparison. He's a jazz mm. pianist, and he's, he? he's scored a lot of his own movies. It, it, not at it, it's just he's an actor's director. There's a ton he, of imperfections let, in the film. He, he lets the actors yeah. be in charge, and, it, 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 and they love that. I don't mean to poop like piss on him that much because it does make his movies interesting to watch but like now I've seen a bunch of them I'm like I know what this is I, well, quit falling all over this shit there were better movies this year yeah this had a lot more action than, than we're used to seeing from him it though. did from an Oscar yeah. from an Oscar movie at least I mean yeah. he, did, he did a war movie like a couple of years ago didn't he he would do two oh, war right. movies yeah, yeah. 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 which were great. companion pieces uh, Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima Iwo Jima is way better than Flags yeah. of Our oh, Fathers yeah. I know you uh, people would say, oh, you're a Japanophile, you just like mm. Japan stuff. But no, that was the really consensus. Was way better. Well, it's it kind of more better. interesting to see the psychology and like what is it like to be on the losing side of a battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's horrifying and terrifying and, you know, makes for a great movie. So. Well, to that end, I don't know if it's nominated for anything or if it's even in this year, was a contender for this year. I just watched The Wind Rises. Mm-hmm. That movie mm-hmm. is fucking excellent. And yeah. in terms of a movie set during wartime, that's the movie to watch. Like, watch Miyazaki's The Wind Rises. That was so good. And all it is is a bunch of guys talking about, like, we're never going to win this war. Let's go. Let's go. I guess, we'll be shot if we, I guess we'll be shot if we don't make these planes. Yep. So. Yep. Speaking and, of Miyazaki, he got an honorary Oscar this year. Did he? Oh, did he, he did. Good for him. That's awesome. Yep, it's about yeah. time. People who get honorary Oscars usually means they've never won one. So he has. He has he? spirited away one. For foreign? Mm-hmm. No, no. Or animation? Animated. Won the first... Or the first animation Oscar. Here's another. Well, that means so that means he's marked for death because like uh, pretty much the only the, the who, other who didn't die within a year of giving. I don't know the the other honorary Oscar winners this year are uh, Jean Claude Carrier. Oh, duh, it's it high a, time. A, he wrote all of uh, like Boonwell stuff, so he's a no, okay. French New Wave writer guy. Whatever. Oh. He didn't die yet, so let's oh, give him an award. Guy. Uh, Maureen O'Hara, who's a star in the 30s and 40s, oh. one of the last of the classic Hollywood people, wow. hasn't died yet. Give her an Oscar. And the one I'm proud of, though, is Harry Belafonte got the oh, really? humanitarian oh, award. Boy. Good for him. That is Overdue. about fucking time. Good for him. He's got a brief appearance in the movie we'll talk about next, I guess, if we're going to segue. Sure. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah, be right back. Sure. But until then, we, ha- uh, we may or may not have a s- scene deleted or behind the scenes from American Sniper. I don't know. We'll be right back. I am the American Sniper. Okay, sorry. Uh, this, was, this was supposed to be an American Sniper sketch, but that got uh, lost or largely unwritten. So, hey, it's the break. A little early, but uh, hold on. Listen to listen to what I have to say. Because, uh, man, we got some fun episodes up in, in store for you guys. We're going to deviate a little bit in the next couple episodes. However, like last night, everybody was over here for the SNL 40 thing. That's not the greatest thing I've ever seen on TV. And people keep telling us to do an SNL episode, and I think I have a finally idea. Hit me up on Twitter, Cantista, or Laser Time Show if you agree, and maybe we'll make that happen. Speaking of the social medias, we got a Facebook page, Laser Time Show. Please give it a like. We would really appreciate that. We post a bunch of fun stuff up there, stuff that doesn't necessarily go into the show or the site, lasertimepodcast.com, where if you uh, wanted to get any of these Oscar movies, you could support us just by clicking the links and renting them on Amazon or buying them through Amazon. It would really help us out, uh, and we appreciate that a ton. Also this week, Dave and I will be streaming a very special game. This is the first episode in a while that feels like it's not about cartoons, but this stream will be. Not going to tell you what it is, but Tuesday at 3 on twitch.tv uh, slash lasertime or archived on youtube.com slash network. Sorry, it's not it's not unified. I'm not I'm not a technical wizard. I'm just, I'm a guy who liked dick jokes and ended up editing a bunch of crap. And But I digress. Why don't we just go back into the Oscar show? 
tune in this week or, or go to head to lasertimepodcast.com and you can see uh, a brand new episode of Cheap Popcast. We're talking about the NXT takeover from last week or Cape Crisis, the uh, comic book show, which this week features uh, an intense discussion of Walking Dead and all that awesome Spider-Man news. And, of course, Video Game Apocalypse, which uh, last week had it was an awesome Indiana Jones clone episode, and, including a bunch of other news. And this week it celebrates its 100th episode. Be there. Be square. Goodbye. Welcome back, everybody. That really could just be placeholder. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> just play the American <laughs> Sniper trailer. That's the one we, I know we, have, we don't have written and performed. Uh, but I think that's a good... For some reason, I wanted to segue into Selma. Sure. Because um, Harry Belafonte has a quick scene in Selma. Well, and also, because we, we watched American Sniper and Selma together, mm-hmm. and I feel so what? bad about that. It was so that. weird. Never it's do so that. It's so tacky, and I'm very Never sorry. Never do that. <laughs> Never do that. But hey, we were being diligent, because we care about you, the listener. Listen to me, and I, I, I was not looking forward to this movie at all. Not, not, not because, um, not because of a lot of like. One, I, I, I don't really like bummer movies, and I just it looked like a bummer movie, and it turns out it's mm. it isn't really a no. bummer movie. No, I don't think so. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I'm just one of those people. I, it has I get bummer moments. Yeah, certainly. no, it has bummer moments, but it was a good for me. It seemed like a good reminder. I'm we live in San Francisco, we're in the East Bay. There was a bunch of protests here recently, and. So my Facebook is equally clogged with like, fucking let's stand up to the police and uh, next to Berkeley Station, next to, would you please get the fuck out of the way? I'm trying to go to work. Holy shit, <laughs> I can't get home. What the fuck are these people doing? Mm-hmm. And to me, this, I, I don't know, I thought it was a, a really good example of how well civil disobedience can work. Yeah, this, this is a textbook on why nonviolent, non-compli- non-compliance is the best form yeah. of protest. It gets yeah. shit done fast. You got to pay a price, though. People are going to get heads cracked. Yeah, and and, and and I really like that they brought that up a lot in the they movie. Did. I have, they they talk about it's the internal politics of of the strategies and different stuff, and people saying like, you know, why should we go? Oh, oh, MLK is just here to you know bring cameras with them well, and I have, get attention. I, I have that clip, and it's like, I have yeah, that clip. that's why that's how you get nonviolence to work. Here's here's a clip of that. That's the scene that was my takeaway. That yeah, I I pick, I picked this one specifically. What you're doing here—that's the... the imitation game. <laughs> um, shit. The way our organization works is straightforward. It's long. We negotiate. We demonstrate. We resist. Martin Luther King, by the way. And on our best days, our adversary helps the matter by making a mistake. Now we were in Albany for nine months, and we made a lot of mistakes. But their sheriff, Laurie Pritchett, he never made a mistake kept his cool, kept arresting us in a humane way, carried people to the jail wagons on stretchers, day in, day out. There was no drama. You mean there was no cameras? Exactly. Now, I know we all understand that you young people believe in working in the community long term, doing the good work to raise black consciousness. It's good grassroots work. I can't tell you how much 
We admire that. But what we do is negotiate, demonstrate, resist. And a big part of that is raising white consciousness. And in particular, the consciousness of which half a white man happens to be sitting in the Oval Office. Right now, Johnson has other fish to fry, and he'll ignore us if he can. The only way to stop him doing that is by being on the front page of the national press every morning, by being on the TV news every night. Love the way, I love the way he said that. Chris Rock said yeah. something like I thought was brilliant in the newspaper, and it was kind of just that. Mm. It's like you don't have to convince a black person about, <laughs> hey, maybe you don't have all the equal rights you want, and um, maybe shit still <laughs> sucks for you. No, you're supposed to, like, we have to raise white consciousness. Need to make white people aware of this mm. shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I uh, and this, the story—I didn't know what the story was. I thought, I, like, I one, I saw the post from like Selma with a black silhouette. I don't want to see it. what the fuck is that. And it, I, for months, I didn't know what it was because I just saw the poster and it, there's like no mention of what it's about and who's in it. Yeah. Uh, and then I've and like, oh, it's about the specific situation, and it's not a biopic. It's about what yeah, happened in right. Selma. Yeah. And it cuts back to Tom Wilkinson. It's, it's not like a front-to-back uh, re- re-encapsulation of the civil rights movement yeah. capped off with an assassination like mm-hmm. you'd expect from... Which is what I expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, it's, it's not that at all. And it's great. It's about like uh, trying to get voting rights uh, for blacks in Alabama and the idea and that... And he like, explains why yeah. and all the... This, all these crazy systematic things that were in place. <laughs> yeah. We're so used to hearing like, they wouldn't let black people vote, but like... They actually start the very first scene in the movie yeah. shows you what it's like to go try to register to vote. Yeah, when you've got, it's impossible. And if when, you if we can't vote, we can't. Segregated asshole. We can't serve stuff. as on jury duty. And when someone kicks the shit out of one of my friends, none of us are on the jury, and the white guy gets the white cop gets off scot free. There's no accountability, mm-hmm. and like this is why. And so the whole, the whole goal of the movie is like they're trying to march, have a public march, 50 miles from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. I, no one told me that. Like, we're never talking about the movie. Like, it's about getting this march to happen. And the idea that, like, the president's, President Johnson is like, don't do this, Martin. We can't protect you if you march into that area of Alabama. He's like, Look, and he's we, like we well, then the fucking protect us. the Civil Rights Act is done. And can we move on to other stuff? And he's like, no. Yeah. No, we want we want Voting Rights Act now. It's like, I want to do war on poverty, though. <laughs> I've already pissed off all the other Southerners. Come on, throw me a bow. I thought it was, I just, I thought it was, it was much better than I expected. Yeah. yeah. Also interesting that it's a, a bunch of English actors reenacting Always. a key part of American mm-hmm. history. That Tim Roth is. Tim, um, Tim Roth, Tom Wilkinson. George Wallace. LBJ. Uh, David uh, Oyelowo. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Excuse me? The guy who played MLK, he's a British guy named David Oyelowo. Yep. Is this like <laughs> born in Oxford? Is this like yep. twelve years of slave all over again? Yeah, it is kind of. Yeah, this is another movie the they Brits, might show in uh, junior year high school classes. The Brits telling us how fucked up our past. Yeah. They were doing that at the time. Yeah, they I, wouldn't listen. No, I well, I like films like this because they've. I've heard the. I actually heard Cornell West say this in an interview once, but it's just the. The Santa Clausification mm-hmm. of MLK. Yes. He was like, no, he was a he wasn't the magic wizard that got rid of racism forever with one speech, which mm-hmm. is how he's packaged to children. Same with like Rosa Parks wasn't a woman whose feet hurt and she just wanted to sit down. Like mm-hmm. they they were enemies of the state demonstrating and yeah. fighting hard and risking their lives to do stuff. And the, the movie is narrated F- by FBI files. Yeah, and, the FBI fucking and, hated him. And they were, they were, he's, he's very media savvy. Like, he's, he's not just someone who's like, oh, for just nice all the time, we'll come into a glorious future. Like, no, that's, 
That's his public persona. Like he's thinking about like, are the cameras there? Uh, who, who's, who's sheriff in this county? Yeah. Is, is he dumb enough that we can provoke him into doing horrible things <laughs> on camera? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, but uh, it was really, good. and it's uh, it was not weird eerily was... Uh, prescient at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I. But also, I like that. Yeah, like you said, the Santa Clausification is a great term. That he's mm. everyone in this isn't a saint, including mm-hmm. King. And the, the I like and the, the clip. It's so hard we... to make a film about the civil rights act, or the civil rights movement because they always everyone is a fucking saint yep. all the time. And there was there the was only other good movie about civil rights movement is probably Malcolm X, and that's mostly because of his performance. Mm. Yeah, everything of, else is so dumb. I really would have liked to see more of Malcolm X in this. He has yeah. like one yeah. scene. Yeah, he has like one great. scene. But it was it's it's it is also interesting because you don't re- hear about that during Black History Month. How many things King and X were opposed to mm-hmm. that they you think they're all part of the same movie, and they they were in a very large historical context. But how they, they didn't like one another's methods and pretty much opposed to their yeah. X was pretty cool with violence. Like it might yeah. come to that. Let's just do it. Well, I yeah. think also the the X we were seeing here, mm-hmm. it's like. Oh, he's talking about, like, he's kind of turning his back on the violence mm-hmm. thing. This must be after he went on the Hajj. Because, mm-hmm. like, that was a very transformative experience for him when he saw, like, people of all races coming together in mm-hmm. Mecca. And uh, he kind of renounced violence after that. And the conspiracy theory is that's why his own followers had him killed. Well, that's, mm-hmm. we're getting into real deep stuff. But Sorry. the movie anyway. didn't always... Then, but then, wait, you made the joke later. You said that Malcolm X was the only person who went to Saudi Arabia and became uh, less Islamophobic. Yeah, no, less radicalized right. by Islam. <laughs> Sorry. But the movie Selma didn't always turn out like this because we have a behind-the-scenes clip of the first attempt at turning Selma into a movie. We will be right back. Lock it up. Very quiet and still, please. Selma, Martin Luther King speech, take one. Okay, roll sound. At this time, I have the honor to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day, this nation will rise up and live out the... Uh, hi, are you the director on the Selma Project? You bet. How's it going? It's not every day that one of the studio heads visits the set. Uh, how is everything? Oh, no, it's uh, good. I'm just here to find out... Who is it that you cast to play Martin Luther King? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. A lot of people forget that his dad was the original Martin Luther King. He's the second. That's one of the many common misconceptions about the man I'm hoped to dispel in my movie Selma. Uh, if that's what you think's important, but again, who is uh, the man playing Martin Luther King? Junior. Fine. Who the hell have you cast as Martin Luther King Jr.? Ah, you don't recognize him. Uh, that's Gary Oldman. You cast Gary Oldman as Martin Luther King Jr. This is unbelievable. I know, right? The man is a chameleon, an acting ninja who disappears. And that is not what I'm saying. How could you spend studio money on getting Gary Oldman to play Martin Luther King? Junior, what can I say? We got lucky. He happened to have an opening in the schedule. And I mean, it took some convincing, uh, but we offered him a lot more money. Uh, this was supposed to be the studio's Oscar contender. So we got an Oscar caliber actor. Gary Oldman is fucking due. This is his year. From the sound of your voice, uh, are you the founding and sole member of the I Hate Gary Oldman Club? No, that is not what I'm saying. 
I'm wondering what in the holy fuck you were thinking when you cast Martin Luther King with... Junior. No, shut up. Casting Martin Luther King Jr., easily the world's most famous civil rights leader, with Gary fucking Oldman. I fail to see the issue here. Are we looking at the same person? Is this because he's British? You cast one of history's most recognizable African Americans with a British white man. Oh, so that's what this is about. You know, honey, uh, the movie's only set in the segregated South. We're not actually there right now. Unbelievable. What are you implying? Uh, I'm not implying anything. I'm stating categorically that your assertion that a white man can't play a black man in a movie is a little bit racist. This is not any black man. This is Martin Luther King. Junior. And Gary's not just any actor. Gary Oldman is not a southern arms dealer from the future, a midget, a psychopathic drug dealer, or serious fucking black either, but he's played them to 110% believability. Why would this be any different? Because he's... Uh, uh, Can we at least put some makeup on him? Oh. My. God. Did the head of the studio just decree that we put our lead actor in blackface in 2014? Because if they did, Variety is going to have a fucking field day. That's not what I said. You really don't see how this could be a problem. I see how someone who's racist might try to make it a problem, but I'd like to think this studio doesn't make movies for racists. Well, uh, not since the 80s. Look, I understand how this could be considered a bold step for someone with, I don't know, a less than progressive mindset. Tell you what, let me do this my way. We'll focus test the shit out of it. And if people have a problem with it, We'll get Gary into a motion capture studio and avatar the fuck out of this. Oh, go full CG on MLK ASAP? MLKJ, yes. So even in your worst case scenario, Gary will look exactly like Martin Luther King Jr. People will think we resurrected his ass from the fucking grave. It'll only cost a couple of extra million dollars. He is pretty good. Isn't he? Uh, okay, Oldman stays, but can you at least assure me the rest of the African-American cast is played by actual African-Americans? <sighs> oh, yes. The rest of the cast is comprised of the finest black talent in Hollywood. But not because of the color of their skin, because they were fucking earned it and they're right for the role. Okay, I, I see. Um, so who's uh, who's playing George Wallace? Sam Jackson. Oh, nice. And Coretta Scott King? Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah. I'm promoting you to head his studio. Wow, I'm not even Jewish. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to Laser Time's yeah, Oscar back. special. Holy crap! Um, wow. Behind the scenes, right. we may have watched the entire SNL 40th yeah. anniversary, and maybe after 11:30 now, I may and be really we drunk. May have put away a lot of beer, but we got more. Not me. I'm a teetotaler here, guys. You're gross. I take this very seriously. No. These other people might not take your entertainment seriously, but I do. Um, so I take it a one beer seriously because one was got to drive home. Okay. So, what movie do we talk about now? We've talked about Theory of Everything, Selma, and um, American, American Sniper. Yeah. American Snipper. Did I, I didn't play the funny clip from American Sniper, did I? Yeah, about I the blowjobs? Oh, I did. So oh, no, no, wait, maybe not. Let's hear this blowjob um, Ladies and generals, listen up. We have a legend in our midst. Round of applause for the legend. There you go. We're so proud of you back home on the range, boy. Now, it's been said, it's been said that the legend here can kill 100 men with one blow. Or no, it was, uh, what was, no, it was, fuck, what was it? It was one, one blow from a single man. He blew a hundred men. And he's single. And so, <laughs> damn it. Gays in the military. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cute, I guess. And then they have a food fight. Nice, yes. But, uh, <laughs> then they which all one, make out. Somebody pick one to talk about. 
There's, pl- there's so by many. By food fight, I mean they put their dicks in each other. By food mouse. fight, you mean yes. the Charlie Sheen uh, right. brand marketing uh, <laughs> straight to Amazon Prime. If you can sign up for it, bitly. <laughs> Laser Prab. Uh, so look, we just watched something that Bill Murray was in briefly. Mm-hmm. So how about we talk about something that Bill Murray was in briefly? Barely, yeah. Uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I have, um, I have the worst clip from that. Okay. Who are you? I'm Zero, sir. The new lobby boy. Zero, you say? Yes, sir. Well, I've never heard of you. Never laid eyes on you. Who hired you? Mr. Mosher, sir. Mr. Mosher. Yes, Monsieur Gustav. Am I to understand you've surreptitiously hired this young man in the position of a lobby boy? He's been engaged for a trial period, pending your approval, of course. Uh, perhaps, yes. Thank you, Mr. Mosher. See, every time I think I'm, like, uh, disconnected from the zeitgeist completely, mm-hmm. I saw this movie so long ago I don't even consider it a movie that came out this year. And, like, why is this in there? Uh well, yeah, it wasn't put out in award time, it which yeah. is December. And, it, so. and it's, they've never, have they've never, as a picture, honored Wes Anderson anything ever. Uh, he, been, there's well, been an no, Oscar nomination script, for Bill Murray. Script. Okay, yeah, yeah. Prob- probably script, but it's never been in the best picture category, anything, mm-hmm. including and, including no. the ones that deserved it. And he's nominated for director as well. Like, and and yeah. this is this is actually uh, which is kind of strange because. Hmm. This movie is so undirected that it's like overdirected or vice versa. Are we high? What did you just every say? single <laughs> shot is centered yeah, well, on what is happening. It's usually a person talking to camera and then another person to talking to camera and then reverse. But symmetry is all camera, Wes Anderson does. And then everything is so and it's like it's kind of like hypnotic after a while. Yeah. Once you like once you realize, oh, that's and then it shot in, in aspect ratio to go straight to Instagram for like no reason. Well, no, it was the. I read up on this after. <coughs> sorry, <coughs> Jesus. I read up on it after seeing it, mm-hmm. and it it was a reference to the time settings of the film. Like, sure. right. it's set in 1932, and the depth, the size, the dimensions were what was popular in films at the time in in 1932. To counter that, like, what one there four are, four one. And then, the, so. and then the framing device. Oh, no, device. it's one, three, three. There are, right. one, three, there are up to three framing yeah. devices in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom yeah. Wilkinson introduces they, a they differ thing. by era. Yeah. And they're all in widescreen. All but of them. different aspect ratios right. of widescreen. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, the, yeah there's cinerama. A, a, the very start is like modern widescreen, mm-hmm. and then it goes to Jude Law? Or does it go to Tom uh, Wilkinson? No, no, 85 is Wilkinson. Right. Modern, 85, 68, 32. Which are all really unnecessary, though. A little bit. It was a mm-hmm. lot of extra... Fl- so, all right. This is my feeling on Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. I love Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. I think he, like, Rushmore was a revelatory film for mm-hmm. me. Uh, and I think... I honestly think Royal Tenenbaum is a little overrated, but... and then Life Aquatic, beautiful. And Life Aquatic is... Beautiful. I love it. Those Life Aquatic and, and, and Rushmore are two of my favorite films mm-hmm. ever. But I, I also feel like a guy who's like... He, Someone who's watched a magician enough time to know their tricks, and even if yes. they're the True. best me, uh, best magician ever, mm-hmm. which I think he's one of the best, I was like, what's well, the same troupe of actors, the same type of storytelling, the same kind of like incorrigible bastard main character, the same type of all of the characters are kind of the Check same this type out. of characters, and like capers too. But I thought yeah. this was different because everybody here is a silly caricature, and they're all here to frame like a really old fashioned comedy. And for me, yeah, that completely worked. Like that and part. so, like, I, I've said this a billion times. 
there's nothing I hate more in the universe than Darjeeling Limited. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's it's I absolutely the terrible. The best thing about that movie is the best thing about uh, several Wes Anderson movies, mm-hmm. which is uh, Waris Alualia. I have no idea what he's, you just said. He's the Sikh guy who, he looks very exotic, but then he speaks like a New York hipster. Okay, uh, but I, as someone who hated Darjeeling Limited and like, saw Fantastic Mr. Fox, oh, I do love you again. And I saw Moonrise Kingdom, like, that was pretty okay. And then I saw uh, Grand Budapest, and I'm like, I, it's like you compared it to what? See, a magician? A magician. And now it, to me, it's like seeing Don Rickles. I know exactly what Don Rickles is going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see him for that reason. And Budapest is like, I don't know, a culmination of like, you do do a thing well, and it's very entertaining to watch. And as a result, someone who thought they'd never like the guy again mm-hmm. fell in love with him all over again. I well, thought Grand Budapest was fantastic. And, we and, talked at length about Moonrise Kingdom. I do not like it at <laughs> all. The only person I like in it is Bruce Willis because he's the only one who ever shows emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ever. but uh, the, the Grand Budapest, though, like, it was his... I, I also love about Wes Anderson, and I watched this great... Uh, it was actually this um, tribute to the cinematography of... Or the directing style of Edgar Wright... But it it, uh, it goes to Wes Anderson as well. That like I saw that video. So good. many people that film comedies now. They, it's just an open shot because it's just performers dicking around in front of the camera who are being funny. Mm. But there's no artisticness. There's no real art to it. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, you have Wes Anderson who frames everything like perfectly, and yeah. this is like the most extreme he's ever done. Yeah, just like. Every shot is a perfect painting, and like he bucked around with the aspect ratio. Yeah. I think because he's like, I've done it in, I've I've already painted on this size of canvas mm-hmm. as much as I want. Let's shrink that canvas size, and I'll make it even weirder. Like, mm. and everything or, does or place it differently. Every time they travel down from the hotel, the the ski chase sequence, mm-hmm. all are charming and like. Those would be fun to watch forever. It's a very twee. It's movie. very you might twee. Even the say movie, it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> Everything is adorable, but still, I think I don't know. There's a place for a director. There's not that many people who have imitated that very well. Mm-hmm. Whoever did Napoleon Dynamite tried, mm-hmm. didn't have more than one shot at it. Nope. Uh, and and it's just Wes Anderson left standing, and like I think there there is a place for a movie like this. Well, it's framed beautifully, and and I also like uh, like with Tarantino films, I like that he has a troupe of actors that you just mm-hmm. keep seeing coming back, and I also like that Ed Norton seemingly has joined that troupe of actors. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And I hope Bob Balaban does now too. Oh, I love Bob Balaban. Once he, when we had his cameo of this in in Grand Budapest, I was like, why wasn't he in like every Wes Anderson? He should film? be in every Wes Anderson movie. I would really love to see Wes Anderson take on something in a different genre and written by somebody else. That would be really interesting. Eh, you don't probably. want to be written by it Wilson? Would, it would be something interesting. Well, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think I qualifies. Technically, well, yeah. if you've read written that, by someone else, you've read that that book and then seen saw what he did with it. Yeah, or Where just, did all these just characters like come a, from? You know, a two character relationship drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's okay, not a, Moonrise Kingdom. A locked room mystery. Okay. I would love to see that. Uh, that doesn't sound like it has a lot of moving parts or an or... Ashley Judd serial killer movie. Let's see him yes. do one of those. Kiss the girls too. I want yes. to see it. And I'm pretty I, sure I, that's straight to video, and that happened. Someday I um, want to be like tenth as fashionable as any Wes Anderson character. But... I suppose, but they're fashionable, but they all look really hot. They're like too much wool. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Couldn't mean, do it. 
Yeah, temperature wise. Temperature wise. Wearing six layers. Yeah, like seventeen layers at all times. Uh, Anyway, this was one of my favorite Anderson film. I think this is my favorite Anderson film since Life Aquatic. Me too. For sure, I would agree with that. For sure, and that I don't mean that as a slight or like. It's almost on par with that. Like, no, I thought this movie was great. Though Bill Murray is his muse, and he need, I feel like he's taken enough, mm. a slight Murray break of having him not be the central well, figure. He, the, wasn't like, he starring in like a bunch of other stuff this year? St. Vincent. Um, yeah, Murray was busy. He was busy. That's what it looked like to me, because I'm pretty sure he probably would have put him in. Well, he'll just do anything and a for great West. performance by Harvey Keitel, and Willem Dafoe yes. is also yep. in his oh, stable yeah. to, and willing to do anything. Yeah. I could have used some more Harvey Keitel. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. him. So cool. And also um, uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum, too, that he's oh, become, yeah. he's he's become so great. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Tilda Swindon was okay for as little as she was used. Yes. And oh, la- uh, a last thought about this, I thought it was... It was and then, you, funny... then you're making me think about Snowpiercer, and like, man, that's probably... It was some is funny... that not in here at all? No. It was some funny symmetry mm. that... Actually, it uh, might be, like, maybe it be a sound award or something. Yeah. It was funny symmetry that Ray Fiennes, no. who played one of like film's most despicable fictional Nazis, was killed by fictionalized Nazis in the film. Ooh, I wish I had my real soundboard open right now. I could make a Spider-Man revelation noise. But what the fuck? We're two... We're two Spoilers, by the way. Uh, Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, that was a pretty, a pretty big spoiler. spoiler. Can, can I say a really off-topic thing, though? Please. Just because you brought up uh, Ray Fine Schindler's mm-hmm. List. It just came out uh, in, I think, Haaretz, the Israeli newspaper, that the real guy that he's playing has a black granddaughter. What? <gasps> All, all these revelation sound effects I could be playing right yeah, now. No, a, and Henry, oh. cough instead of having my horn section. Yeah. <laughs> nope, she's... Uh, hey, thanks, buddy. You know, uh, right on cue. Oh. Right, right on cue. Yeah. No, she's, she's German-Nigerian. She lived in Israel for a while. She mm-hmm. just wrote a book. And that makes me happy because it makes Nazis sad. <laughs> what are you going to get over this Nazi thing? Though? Anyway. <laughs> in about is, six million years. Yeah. <laughs> One per victim? Nice. One Jew per year? Yes. Oh, man. Hell, you know what? Even six million days. We'll be living on lava <laughs> at that point. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to get over living that. Living on lava is my favorite Lionel Richie song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living on lava. And that's, like, most of his songs are about like, love is standing or living on a, an inhospitable surface, such as the ceiling. Like dancing on the ceiling. <clears throat> What's uh, sitting on one. the outer wall. Um, <laughs> Michael, that is adorable. And speaking of adorable, I believe we have working ex- on Mars. We have an exclusive Laser Time trailer. It's true uh, for <laughs> for uh, for Grand Budapest Hotel. We will be right back with the rest of our Oscar candidates. Hello, I'm Ray Fines, and I'm adorable. Hello, I'm the narrator, and I'm adorable. Hello, I'm Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I'm adorable. Wes Anderson put me here. He's also adorable. We are seven fantastic of puppies. We are the villain. Oh dear. Would you like some adorable baked goods, adorable pile of puppies? I'm Adrian Brody, and I'm slightly threatening. Okay. I sleep with old ladies. It's adorable. That sure is adorable. Our country's in the middle of an adorably brutal civil war, but you can just ignore that. Adorable baked goods? Yes, please. You clearly murdered this old lady we murdered, Ray Fiennes. We're sending you to an adorable prison. <sighs> a triple murderer questioned my virility yesterday, so I beat him senseless. Now he's adorable. Adorable like the rest of us. Here, have another adorable cake. Time to adorably break out of prison. I'm F. Marie Abraham, and I am part of a framing device that you'll immediately forget about. 
It's really, oh, what's the word? Cute? No. Sort of precious? No. We're one step ahead of you, murdering people you were supposed to meet with. Now we're running away for some reason. It's not adorable in the slightest. You won't be so confident when we cut to the adorable ski chase. What? No! The miniature work is too adorable! Now we have to adorably tumble off a cliff! Jesus Christ, is there a single scene of this movie that wasn't in the trailer? I, John Darmed Norton, have watched your trailer and find Ray Fiennes innocent of any wrongdoing. Here, have a billion euros and francs or whatever. How adorable! There's my adorable story, adorable Jude Law. What did you think? I think... I'd like to know how I go from being fabulously handsome to being Tom Wilkinson in, what, five years? Pile of Puppies will return in Grand Budapest Hotel 2, Pest Harder. And now that we have the fourth Achillean crystal, our doomsday device will be complete! Oh dear. Ah, man, I love the word twee. I feel like it's it's very new to my repertoire, my mm. vernacular, but I, it, it describes things like this and uh, half the f- commercials in the Super Bowl very, very well. You know what I think about the word twee? What's that? I think it's adorable. Mm. Mm. Look it up, kids. Uh, what movie do we talk about now? Uh, do you want to move on to Birdman? We can move on to Birdman. Sure. I have a clip from Birdman that emphasizes a point I have about the film okay. involving the Academy Awards. Um this is just one of the scenes that was available on YouTube because this is one of the movies I didn't steal. This is my chance to finally do some work that actually means something. That means something to who? You had a career, Dad, before the third comic book movie. Before people started to forget who was inside that bird costume. You were doing a play based on a book that was written 60 years ago for a thousand rich old white people whose only real concern is going to be where they go to have their cake and coffee when it's over. Nobody gives a shit but you. And let's... Face it, Dad, you are not doing this for the sake of art. You are doing this because you want to feel relevant again. Well, guess what? There is an entire world out there where people fight to be relevant every single day, and you act like it doesn't exist. Things are happening in a place that you ignore, a place that, by the way, has already forgotten about you. I mean, who the fuck are you? (laughs) You hate bloggers. You mock Twitter. You don't even have a Facebook page. You're the one who doesn't exist. You're doing this because you're scared to death, like the rest of us, that you don't matter. And you know what? You're right. You don't. It's not important, okay? You're not important. Get used to it. Fucking Emma Stone, that that was a great fucking scene. But that's... This is like the thesis of the movie right there. This is Harkening back to the Eastwood conversation, Michael Keaton is overdue to be celebrated. He's a wonderful actor, Mm -hmm. a wonderful comedic actor, and he's been underutilized for about 10 years, and this is a great role for him, and he's nominated for an Oscar. Good for him. Every single character, every single person in this movie is better than Michael Keaton in the movie, with the exception of Naomi Watts. He's not great. Naomi Watts is good. She didn't didn't have anything to do. She just doesn't have anything to do. But like Ed Ed Norton kills it. Kills it. Emma Stone kills it. Okay, that movie is weird. It like, is. It is so, oh, yeah. But it, like, it undercuts itself mm-hmm. a lot, and it also, like, knows what it is. It's, it, but it's, like, it's too, it's too self-aware by half. Mm-hmm. And, and also, like, one thing that hurt the film for me, but I think was intentional, is, like, once you see that, that so much of the beginning of the film is, like, watching actors prepare, a ton of the film is watching actors prepare. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stop thinking about. Well, I'm thinking of the actors acting in this scene, 
they're not people. These are you're making me think about actors by showing me actors preparing, and I, it, especially when it's so it feels so real to have Michael Keaton playing a guy that's seemingly basically Michael Keaton or a version of him mm-hmm. who's had a similar life to him. Like it, it. I was just seeing the artifice of it so much, and it's so. Uh, it's just so. It was so strange. Well, it's bizarre. It's an interesting choice because like. You're, it seems like you're seeing actors raw, but the move, everything in the movie you know now is very deliberate. There's, yeah. It's one yeah. long shot, and the the idea that these people are pretending to be unprepared in this one. I thought the performances in it were great. I just wish I loved this movie more. Mm-hmm. I came out with the stupid criticism that made Brett and Carolyn laugh. I'm like, eh, it's like. Uh, I don't love it, but I really hope somebody loves it. And I love the idea that people <laughs> love this movie, but like it didn't completely work for me. And I love the director. I do. I'm a par- and I didn't realize I was alone this table. I, I do love him. I love what he does with Naomi Watts. Um, yeah. I, uh... I do. I love Babel. I love I, Babel. Yeah, you know what's actually his okay. his film of the trio of of mm-hmm. Spanish language directors that year. His was Amores Peros. No, no, no. I mean Babel, mm-hmm. uh, Pan's Labyrinth, and Children of Men came out in the same year, and they were all like. He's not doing, Pan's Labyrinth. No, I'm saying, oh, I see what you're saying. the three of them. Yes, 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 were doing press together as like we're the three Spanish speaking directors. I actually wrote a paper for my college Spanish class about him and uh, Gravity Guy. <laughs> Instead of learning the language, and I passed. <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, I, I I thought Babel was the weakest of the three that year by far. Watch it yeah. again. I think it it, it holds eh, up a little better on a second view. I, just, I swear. I I hate. I didn't like that snapshots of lives thing because also because I thought Amores Pero did it better. It did, and, but it wasn't specifically about. But it didn't like, have movies. It stars wasn't specifically in it. about. Wasn't no, it wasn't specifically about a communication barrier. Babel to me, like I never watched it. But oh, Michael has a different it, pronunciation for us. Reading about it, it just sounded like uh, Crash, but international. I, so. No, it kind <laughs> of. No, but it was Maybe a little bit. It was like about it, communication I barrier. I felt it yes. was more like an actor's exercise, and that's really good. But do I need to see that again? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. I, I've complained about Oscar movies for that reason, but like. Birdman, I think I will watch again and enjoy completely. I just don't enjoy the story of it. Yeah, I, it might get better on a second view. And the en- the ending in particular, I like, feel like I need to see two, uh, see it twice. But yeah, maybe, it, yeah. But also that I have like three endings or something. Mm. I was like, well, okay, this is the end, right? Nope, no, all right, this yeah. the nope, no, okay. And all all of them seem like a cop out, a lack all of being able to decide. Yes, yeah. but you didn't like Spider Man showing up. <laughs> I, was, I, I love was the dancing. Sitting there watching it, and like we were most of the way through, and I started to think like. I have to write a sketch about this. I have no idea what to make fun of here. This is all over the map. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I also love that... And, uh, okay. and it throws you off because it builds... In the first two acts, it builds up Ed Norton as the antagonist. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he goes away for the third act. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... Michael goes Keaton away crazy. to do something pretty despicable. <laughs> oh, I have sex with his daughter. Easy. Like, not not that, huge that spoilers. Despicable. It's despicable. Um, no, I... Well, that was despicable as what he does to Naomi Watts on stage. Mm. Holy shit. Well, that's another, that that was another level to the film where like I was literally thinking Ed Norton is stealing this film from Michael Keaton. And then that becomes the plot. uh, Like 
I it, it oh, felt I love like scene. was that on, I kept thinking was this on purpose? Are they trying to make like they make you they want to make you think he's better than Michael Keaton actually in the film? And it, oh, yeah. But as he's stealing the the play from him as well. And you should. This is like one of the movies I'd recommend recommend for laser time listeners. I like I don't love it. I think it's masterfully created and amazing to watch. I love oh, well the the direction the cinematography yeah. just on a technical level incredible you know I it's made to look I like one shot if you haven't name, read and that and I had to double check hmm. same cinematographer as Gravity really mm, wow so All right, that makes a ton of sense you can tell now when well, I, once I saw it I was like oh god of oh, course so that was also the same cinematographer as Children of Men right mm-hmm. yeah that was a one shot or that oh, one of the one shot. that, that shots in long shots. if I had to do it right now that's the most underrated movie of my what? lifetime children of men children of men oh, no one yeah. nobody He's talks a, about I it and like film. it should be on television every day and everybody should be transfixed <laughs> by it and watch it over and over again it's so good uh and uh, i have one more thought on on birdman is that I, <laughs> why couldn't it have been that birdman? <laughs> that i hate it uh, speaking of which r.i.p gary o space ghost voice uh, died today oh, yeah. but no the um it had a scene I really hate, and then it didn't offer anything new, mm-hmm. but I've seen it in a million times, is the yell at the critic scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. like and, well, and now I am sounding like the critic of saying, like, oh, you have nothing new to say. Another yell at the critic you scene. You still have to really. be a critic. That I was a really it. good yell at the critic Love scene. Love it. It was a very good one, but I liked him saying, like, you risk nothing. You fucking risk nothing. I'm risking yeah. everything. What is this? There's nothing in here about intention, like, about art. It's, it's just it's a all... fucking label. Another yeah. fucking label. Yeah. Like, and the, the thing is, like, for me, that tied into what I think is, is two of the film's bigger critiques, mm-hmm. which are, number one, Hollywood is full of assholes and produces nothing but superhero schlock. Mm-hmm. And New York uh, thinks it's full of itself. You know, it, it's presented... It doesn't think it's full of itself. It is full of itself. It's presented as it's the center place. of art and culture, and nobody cares. Like, nope. Ed Norton, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be... I'm I'm a real actor. I'm I'm doing this for the art. I'm going to be treading these boards for years, and you're gonna, just going to be washed up in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And like he thinks everyone cares about him. The critic thinks everyone cares about what she writes. Nobody mm. does. Mm. They are the the <laughs> the center of art and culture, and no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. That, it yeah. killed me when he says that. Yeah, I'm going to be on stage forever, and everyone's going to forget about you. Is well, I've read about these great performances on Broadway, but I never get to see them. Yeah. I'd love to see Jessica Tandy in Streetcar Named Desire, but nobody filmed it. She's so that, I get to see Jeff. She Vivian did like 20 Lee. years ago. you got to stop obsessing yeah. over this. But I get to see Vivian Lee doing Streetcar because they fucking filmed it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. film for the win. And, and just all the contemporary references to, like, <laughs> Iron Man. If you, like, if there's you a Man read, of Steel poster in the background. If you read interviews it. with in, in art, is it in art two? In He fucking hates superhero movies. It was oh, great. He called you it. Could it tell. He called yeah. it cultural genocide. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, that's a word he put in the the critic's mouth. Cultural genocide. He he said it about superhero films. Like he hates them. But literally, before and I respect he, that. Before Keaton starts, them. before Keaton starts flying. Like he, uh, there's a Superman poster in the background. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that, that's a great. I that's one of those moments. Like I see what you did there. Like did you I, read about the original ending. They they said they had planned. No. Yeah. Where Johnny Depp shows up as J- Jack Sparrow and comes out. <laughs> Seriously, that, that, wow. that's what the writer said he wanted, and they mm. couldn't end up doing. But wow. Johnny Depp was almost there. Uh, yeah. It's too bad. Oh, you know, Grand Budapest. One other thought I have about Grand Budapest we are so is that. Over that. 
It was just, it reminded me of The Shining. Like, I'd never seen, <laughs> yes. I had never seen a hotel uh, film so a lovely. A hotel that big. Yeah. I stayed at big, one. Big, empty hotel space. <laughs> I stayed at one in Yosemite Park with my parents when I was 14 years old. But other than that, yes, I've never seen a hotel yeah. like that. Oh, I have a great story about that. What? I, did I tell, I don't think I told this story before. You went um, to the Overlook? Well, almost, yeah. So, uh, in film class, mm-hmm. I was writing, a st- I was writing a, my giant paper about The Shining. Mm-hmm. And I was comparing it to the book seeing what's changed and why it might be changed for a filmic medium. So I had to read the book a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas break, and uh, I was an exchange student in England. I go over to Ireland. I end up in the ass end of nowhere in <laughs> Ireland in this, like, 250-bed hostel, and I am the only Whoa. guest while I'm wow. reading The Shining. It was <laughs> terrifying. Wow. It was so scary the first night. So I'm like, you know, I'm gonna just put this book away for for a day or two. I had a sim- some maybe some Germans show up or something. I know it's probably not Watch good, some TV. but I'd love to dig it up. I had a paper I was supposed to write in The Shining, mm-hmm. and instead of doing something straightforward, I did Stephen King staying at the Overlook, which is the real story behind it. He was mm-hmm. at an actual weird hotel. Mm-hmm. And was inspired to write this. But it was the hotel haunted like The Shining, but yelling at him for being a hack writer. <laughs> but not that I think King's a hack writer, but I, that the hotel helped him write The Shining. Like, the, like all the good stuff from The Shining oh. came from a creative hotel. I see. It was not a scathing critique on, on Stephen King, because I don't... The dude is a fucking legend mm. for being... Like, a workhorse for being able to write that much. Yeah. Stories are awesome. Percentage-wise, he's going to have some hits in there. <laughs> yeah, right, a lot, so sorry, what were you, Birdman, Birdman? A lot of Birdman stuff didn't amount to Soundtrack anything. Soundtrack is like amazing. It, yeah. it couldn't get nominated for an Academy Award for some stupid reason, right? Uh, yeah, I read... Uh, the AV Club had an amazing article on just how all the stupid rules of being an original song nominee and what mm-hmm. they count oh, yeah. and what they don't count. Something mm-hmm. like, oh, more than six writers, it doesn't count. And this blah, was blah, in blah. another medium before, but yeah, not I mean, sung the same way, but... I, yeah. I keep going back to the the critic in the New York thing and thinking mm-hmm. like this would also be read as this is a statement on old media versus new media. Mm-hmm. That yeah. film is a much newer media and it's spat upon mm-hmm. by these New Yorkers. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like what are they doing? They're producing a play in a very old format yep. that nobody but a thousand yep. old rich white people cares about. What would you? That's what the, Emma Stone was just saying. Yeah, in yeah. That I clip. know. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. review is for the New York Times. Yeah. Nobody's going to no, read that with more it. than a passing interest. And if they didn't make a and play, they, then um, what would you write about? And then they say that, you know, when they, they read the, the thing about Edward Norton, he's like, you know, people pick up dog shit with this tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the uh, internet never does. Do hate critics. <laughs> well, okay. with that, I think we should go into, um, what is this? A Birdman sketch. It's not a Birdman sketch. No, it's it's a deleted scene. There we go. That somehow encapsulates the movie. All right, we will be right back with more Oscar picks. Everything is riding on this play. If I if I can just make this work, I can finally be a respectable actor and put my superhero past behind me. I've mortgaged everything for this moment on stage. I you're a colossal fraud. What's wrong with making a billion dollars? You need to put that suit on again and go back to Hollywood where you belong. Here, watch me blow up this giant monster. Isn't it fucking awesome? Shut up, you, and stop giving me telekinetic powers I can use to trash my dressing room. I I have a reputation to uphold. Your reputation is bullshit. This play is bullshit, and you don't deserve to step in the boards of this theater. I'm going to be an underhanded dick and steal your play from you in the name of artistic honesty. Damn it, Ed Norton, can you please stop walking around with a huge erection? Yeah, knock that off. It's disturbing. I'm here to talk about the truth, and you're hung up on my dick? 
What a couple of assholes. And my name's not Ed Norton in the movie. It's Michael. M- Michael something. The tablecloth is hung up on your dick. Don't... Wait, stop. No, hold still. Oh, no. Ed Norton, what are you doing? Stop walking toward those vases with your dick out. I told you, my name's not... Damn it, Ed Norton, you poked Naomi Watts in the eye with your stupid heart on. Is it too much to ask for you guys to show a little professionalism on this set? I'm gonna go cry and make out with a chick like I did in Mulholland Drive. I have to get out of here. Time to get crazy drunk and then fly around Times Square. Your flying gimmick is stupid and presents the same tired picture of New York that middle-class Americans always see. Ed Norton, how are you flying? What is this, anyway? Are you hallucinating, or is this some kind of magical realism thing? I don't really... Look out, your boner! Jesus Christ. You've made us crash in the worst part of Queens. Now we'll have to fight our way back. Here, take this leather vest. I can dig it. Welcome back, everybody. What is it? Did you were you saying something, Diana? Uh, I was saying that it's kind of interesting that the, both the best director and the best picture, the front runners, mm-hmm. are two directors that have very interesting kind of gimmicks and styles of doing things. Like in Yuritu, it all looks like one long shot. Yeah. I mean, they're really well, huge long takes, really well disguised cuts. Mm-hmm. And then you get Boyhood, which yeah. took twelve goddamn years. Yeah, which I, I know that's in the back of all of our minds when we watch it, and we are more appreciative of the movie. I've heard criticism of like. People are more obsessed with how it was done than what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, fuck, fuck that. That has to be factored in. It was factored in last year with gravity. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, like, th- that has to be account-, account for something. If you, you don't know what the gimmick, you gotta have the gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know about Boyhood. It was, it was a movie shot over the period of, uh, of how bump long? With the trumpet. 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. And basically, I think Linklater said he shot, um, uh, one short film a year with the mm-hmm. same actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... I fucking loved it. This is my pick for the year. I understand I that both of my picks for the year involve young boys growing up. Mm-hmm. And I know that doesn't work for anybody. In fact, our own Anne Lewis hated this movie um, because I don't know if either, any of us have the same experience of growing up in a divorced family, but for mm-hmm. I didn't. Nope. Yeah. And for me, growing up, the scariest thing in the universe is to get divorced with children. It really is. And the whole movie is like, it can be cool. This can work. We can, like, it's just, it's a collection. And so, like, I know people are like, it's boring, it doesn't go anywhere. But, like, these are just, hearing Linklater say, like, it's just 12 short films that we put together with the same actors and the same characters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, why, is, why would anybody be mad at that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why would anybody be mad at this? Uh, I love this. I love this part. This is just a conversation. Ethan Hawke, who ages very gracefully in the film. Oh my God, um, yes. Oh, oh yeah. keep your pants, Diana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so does Patricia Arquette. She, yeah. She, 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 but she, she looks... She filled out, shall we say? Yeah, it's just... I, I don't mean to say... Because I, I love her. I love... I think she's one of the most talented actresses uh, working forever and ever and ever. But like, mm. she, we do get to see her get older. Um, and she doesn't really give a fuck about I've heard her in interviews like I don't give a fuck about how I look that yeah. much like I'm just a working actress who gives a shit don't, fat, don't, don't obsess about how I look let me yeah. do my job I'm a character actress <laughs> fuck you yeah. um, but just this I thought this is a cool sequence with um, Ethan Hawke talking, uh, talking to uh, Mason and oh the, the girl who gets seems to get no credit here 
who ages just as much. She does. Yeah, yeah. it's true. She but, does. She, but she's Richard Linklater's daughter. Mm. Yeah. And I love his stories Lorelei of like... Lorelai Linklater. He's, how she hated it and like, I don't want to do the movie. Kill my character, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> He had to grow up with this, this like temperamental actress who was his I, daughter. I want to talk about that in a second. All right, hold on. Let's get to this clip. Talk to me. Samantha, how was your week? Uh, I don't know. Dad, it was kind of tough. Billy and Ellen broke up, and Ellen's kind of mad at me because she saw me talking to Billy in the cafeteria. And you remember that sculpture I was working on? Well, it was a unicorn, and the horn broke off, so now it's a zebra. Okay? But I still think I'm going to get an A. Right? Mason, uh, how was your week? Well, Dad, you know, it's kind of tough. Joe, he's kind of a jerk. Actually, he stole some cigarettes from his mom. He wanted me to smoke them. But I said no, because I knew what a hard time you had quitting smoking, Dad. How about that? Is that so hard? Dad, these questions are kind of hard to answer. What is so hard to answer about what sculpture are you making? It's abstract. Okay. Okay, that's good. <laughs> See? That's, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were even interested in abstract art. I'm not. They make us do it. But, Dad, I mean, why is it all on us, though? You know, what about you? How was your week? You know, who do you hang out with? Do you have a girlfriend? What have you been up to? I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. There's something about this. I can understand why somebody would walk out of it disappointed. Because it is kind of like a broken family. Mm. Constantly going through mm. hardship. And then he's presenting the most ideal scenario in almost every situation. Everybody has fun. Everybody talks to one. Like, I do think, and it's also realistic dialogue. Nobody is using, like highfalutin Woody Allen Kevin Smith uh, patter to get through these conversations that is how a kid sounds mm-hmm. what about you dad yeah I, I don't know I, I, I fucking I really um, enjoyed this movie yeah, so speaking of realistic dialogue the, the people constantly being on the kids why aren't you doing that thing they're like I don't want that almost I almost did it can I, that, can I, can that I, can I play a, another clip flashbacks that I love flashbacks. and it's it's the kind of thing that like I hate that I'm at that age now where if I ever have to think about what people told me and I practically spit at their feet. God damn it! They were so right. And this is and this is this this. Everybody should listen to this if they're creating something, especially if you're younger, because I was the worst example of this. He, he uh, Mason grows up and he uh, he's in high school and he loves photography, but he doesn't want to do any actual classwork because I'm just better at photography than everybody. And he this is just a scene with a teacher. Like this teacher isn't important to the rest of the film. The images you're turning in. Cool. You're looking at things in a really unique way. Got a lot of natural talent. Thanks. Yeah, but that and 50 cents will just get you a cup of coffee in this whole world. I've met a lot of talented people over the years. How many of them made it professionally without discipline, commitment, and a really good work ethic? I can tell you, I can count it on two fingers. Zero. It's not going to happen for you, Mason. The world is too competitive. There are too many talented people who are willing to work hard and a buttload of morons who are untalented, who are more than willing to surpass you. As a matter of fact, a lot of them are sitting in that classroom out there right now. Hmm? You know what they're doing? They're doing their assignments, which is what you're supposed to be doing, but you're not. You're in here. Ah. (laughs) I can love it. 
Love it. Just in this, it's, that's what the movie is. Little short sequences like this. That is what I, I wish I had listened to advice <laughs> yes. like that yeah. in my youth, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I think Guilty. those scenes are written by people who have, like, I wish that somebody yelled this at me yeah, when I'm, I was I'm sure that's, you know, something personal for Linklater because a mm. lot of it is autobiographical. Yes. Yeah. I think he, it's a, probably his most personal film. Yeah. His, yeah. Most of his films feel yeah. so personal. Yeah, but this is about, about him growing up. These I mean, are, these are Darkly his... is all about. Well, one one thing that I wanted to say, because you said Mm -hmm. uh, Samantha, Mm -hmm. Lorelai, had begged her dad to kill her character. Mm -hmm. And that's something I was kind of tensing for throughout the whole movie. Like, every so often, like, oh, they're in a... an under construction house and they're whipping saw blades and breaking boards like something so bad is going to happen his grandfather gives him a here's a gun you just turned 12 (laughs) Uh and you keep tensing for something to happen and I thought it was just you know us being pussies but then (laughs) you said that you read something about like that the audiences at Cannes were also tensing and he was like why I was on on Mark Maron because we as film goers are, are expecting plot things to happen, mm-hmm. and that's just not this kind of movie. It's man. not what it's happens. Like people were like, like, hey, don't text him, drive, and she's like, hey, look at this picture while you're driving. And he's like, okay, and he's looking at it, and like, he was going yes. like, no, 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 no. You keep, but that's, but that's, <laughs> no, they're gonna have a crash, and then the rest of this movie's gonna be about him. I've heard in interviews of like, yeah, but even the, the points where they're in direct danger, yeah. and nothing that bad, <laughs> happens. nothing that bad happened, and he's like, but. Isn't that really That's what happens in your life? Happens. Like I've not been. Well, I've been used wearing... to film moralism of just like this is a tale. You know, I've been riding my this. bike in a metropolitan city for two years, wearing my headphones, sunglasses, and no helmet, and not once has any like knock on wood has were anything this, ever happened. Were this not a Linklater film, but God. a different film, this would be the setup for you. This getting this, this is. This is. I'm officially not getting breakfast tomorrow because if I die in an accident, and this is on record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would be, that would be terrible, uh, but it, yes, I I don't think people were used to the pace. And that was another funny thing he said, like uh, in that interview, where like people in the audience didn't like something bad supposed to happen, but also they're looking at this kid and like, wow, man, they really got the same kid every time. Wait, what the fuck is happening? Wait, is that CG? What the? It, it freaks audiences out if they're, wow, if they're they, aging. Yes, they, if, they cast him really well. That kid yeah. looks just like that last kid, and he looks a lot like Ethan Hawke too. Like I, I don't know how I don't know how they he did that. He grows up to look a lot like Ethan Hawke. And I was I was kind of wondering, like, I wonder if the whole thing with the the, the broken home, the divorced mm-hmm. parents, etc., the the frequent moving, yeah. is because they just couldn't get the same locations and sets <laughs> uh, every time they reconvened to film. No, years I think he later. said it was fairly deliberate because I think somebody had given him too much shit for setting everything in Austin and it's all set outside of Austin but still in Texas mm. and they all refer back to Austin we're all yeah. going to move back to Austin yeah. well, I actually think it starts in Houston it, yeah, and ends up does. in Austin yeah I think I think you're correct yeah. which I think is Richard Linkletter's life too he's from outside of Houston yeah but if you, don't, yeah, if you don't know Linkletter he's like he's not what you call a workhorse but he like Every two years, he just makes whatever movie he wants well, I mean, and doesn't you, apologize and, for and it. And now that Boyhood's out, you think about that he was making Boyhood at the same time as yeah. he did the last 12 years of movies, no which funding. was a lot of movies. With no funding. And, and he got he got two great actors to like agree to do this at the same time. But, so cool, man. But yeah, I, I mean, the themes of Boyhood are kind of familiar. Like, um, the... the this, uh, before sunset in that mm-hmm. one, yeah. there's like God, that's so so many conversations that are just like, oh yeah, I hate being married. Yeah, me too. It's not that great. Yeah, I, oh, well. I think he had said those are the lowest grossing movies to ever get sequels, uh, <laughs> ever. But yeah. he just wants to but do them, and the actors really, agree. Really cheap. 
But they're really cool. They're really cheap, and they're really good. I love those movies. I love his movies. I, and you've probably seen School of Rock or Days and Confused, and you love that, that too. You should really dig into your link letter. Because um, he's, he's made love, a slacker. slacker. Jesus. <laughs> it's such a like ultimate hangout. It's kind movie. of underrated. Did that woman ever successfully sell Madonna's pap smear? Oh, I don't think she did. <laughs> I just I love that this guy has been a, this guy has been inspiring filmmakers forever and funding new filmmakers forever, and sure. this movie will expire filmmakers forever. He's never stopped doing that in two decades. Richard mm. Linklater, I hate say he is he is due this Oscar is <laughs> there is an Oscar in in his future period he deserves it like that's, he's not been celebrated. That's enough. how I feel about. Keaton as well, Mike. Yes. Well, mm. Keaton, it's yeah. time. And then I also feel that about another film we're going to talk about a little bit. I'm guessing. All right, but, but before we do that, do we have a boyhood deleted scene or behind the scenes? I believe we do. We oh, do. Yeah. We will go into that and then do whatever Hank's talking Here's about. Here's something you'll really like. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, baby, let's go do that thing we planned. I can't. I have kids. Do you think I wouldn't like to be single? Do you think I don't wish I'd drown my children at birth? I wish I could be like you, but kids! Kids! Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart, got lost in the game. Oh, baby, baby, oops, you think I'm in love. I'm set from above. I'm not the innocent. Wow, Samantha, that's some great scene-setting exposition there. I really feel as though we're in 2002, and I'm sure the audience does too. Dad, Mason's breaking the fourth wall again. Damn it, you contemptuous little shit. Stick to the script. Sorry, Mr. Linkletter. It's a good thing he's being abusive now, because it'll get us used to what's about to happen for the next 12 years. Speaking of which... Oh, hey, it's 2005 now. Mason, as your stepdad, I have to ask, did you finish raking the lawn? Almost. Almost? Almost? Maybe I'll almost not punch your mom in the face, huh? Maybe I'll almost hide my drinking from the family. Would you like that? No more Halo 2 for you. Mason, Samantha, get your things, we're leaving. No, I'll, I'll stop hiding my alcoholism. I'll, I'll binge drink more openly. Can't you appreciate my honesty? Ugh, I'll kill you all. Too late. It's 2008 now. Obama and stuff. Hi, I'm your real dad. Ethan Hawke. Dad, this girl at school won't admit the Dark Knight is the best movie. Wow, she sounds dumb. Hey, can you go and Spider-Man your way up that incredibly rickety condemned skyscraper for me, Ethan Hawke? Sure, Dad. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Wow, you made it all the way to the top and nothing bad happened. Let's fast forward to 2010. My voice changed. Also, I'm really high and drunk. And I have no problem with that, son. Meet your new stepdad, younger version of previous stepdad. Here, hold on to my beer while I light you on fire. Your version of child endangerment is nothing compared to what my real dad can do. Oh yeah? Would your real dad be unable to move without knocking over a bunch of beer cans? Would your real dad take an unfulfilling job? Yes. Now I have a mustache, and that shows I'm stable. Also, I married this born-again Christian lady. The blood of Jesus redeems, and the blood washes away the sin and the filth. Someday a real rain will come and wash the scum off the streets. Also, here's a gun. That's awesome! I hope I don't shoot my eye out. Time to graduate high school. Congratulations on not shooting your eye out. Hey, I'm your new college roommate. Odds are we'll hate each other in three months, but for now let's do drugs and go to the most precarious national park in Texas. Wow, I hope we don't get crushed by a rock. It's so great you didn't get crushed by a rock. 
What's next? I guess we'll just end the movie here. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, man, I hope people are enduring these. <laughs> Whatever, we had fun. I think, it, I think they're having fun. We had fun. Um, what were you going to segue into, Hank? Well, Hank well I uh, had, as a double feature, saw Birdman with Whiplash. Those are really excellent. If you had uh, to combine, an amazing that's a much better feature together. Yeah. That's a much better that double feature double than feature. American Sniper. sniper yes. Yeah. If you had Oof, to combine any of these boy. movies, that's that's what you do. Well, because like live percussion is a major theme in both of them. Yes. And, and also, they... They both star like aging male uh, uh, stars who uh, uh, male actors who haven't starred in a lot of things. I mean, like haven't been that mainstream in a while. And and J.K. Simmons, I think, is especially Jesus. he is over beyond overdue for the for kind real. of recognition I, for real. I'm hoping he gets and, in, in Whiplash. Well, that's like I, I didn't know it until like Tony had written up a Saturday Night Live viewers club and like J.K. Simmons hosted SNL. How did that happen? And then I saw Whiplash. And I'm like, oh. The world will now know they who J.K. Simmons like, is. I've been seeing. I I was turned Oz, on to J.K. Simmons by Oz Schillinger. As Schillinger, he was like one of the oh best God. evil monsters ever. But he's such also, but he's such like a uh, pedestrian bastard. Like he's just like he, he's, he's he doesn't a have a lot fucker. of thought. He's just mean and but stupid. Like, he's a petty he, shithead. A petty. And if you if you were like me, you saw him in that, and you're like you're watching him for years as Schillinger, and then he shows up as J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. and like this is. <laughs> But this guy has the most range. He should be more famous. And at than the same time, being. he was the yellow M and M. He was the yellow M and M. And the he, Portal was, Two. He was a recurring. Uh, yeah, he was a recurring character uh, as Doctor Skoda on the Law and Order franchise. He's on Venture Brothers. And he was. Um, yeah, and he does amazing work uh, in the Portal in Portal Two. Like he's so good. You mean Harbersfield? My name is Ben. I'm Ben. <laughs> he's so the lemons. God, I love that guy He's so much. He's been so great for forever. I have a I have a long clip from Whiplash. I do love it. I do think this is the scene you'll see when you talk about Oscars. Uh-huh. And it, it is, if you don't know what the story is about, it's about this kid, this drumming uh, luminary. Drumming? <laughs> is that a, what you dr- call him? A, a, a promising young uh, musician who's going to the finest music school Fine, in the country. And, and, and he wants like, to join the swing band, which is highly respected. And he, he, gets, he, atta- he gets the attention of the... I guess the school's most notable teacher who's also a fucking teacher. psychopath. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so interesting to watch this play out. Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. It's a long one. Rushing. Here we go. Cut. Ready? <laughs> so, okay. Such torture. Five, six, and... Dragging just a hair. He's focusing all the attention on the, dr- the kid drumming. Wait for my cue. Five, six, seven. Rushing. Five, six, eight. Dragging. Just I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman. I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, damn it! Look at me! 
One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? Oh, no. Count again. One, two, three, four. One. <laughs> Jesus. It's him slapping. Him. It's a it's wonderfully intense. intense scene in the kind of oh, like I think they said. So intense. I don't know if it's this year or in the past couple of years. This is the lowest grossing Oscar film mm. or the film to be nominated for an Oscar. I believe it. It's a but it was one. It's, it, it is one of my. It, it might be my second or third favorite. It's I love not it. It, the film itself. I think it is a real good film mm-hmm. anchored by an astoundingly good performance. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it, uh, in that as- aspect, it reminds me of uh, Gangs of New York, which I think Gangs of New York is a pretty good film that like Daniel Day-Lewis just owns outright. and It's just outstanding. That film is it's, terrible. <laughs> I would say <laughs> it is. Terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's no. awful. And his performance is the only fun thing to watch about it. Every every scene with any other character is disgusting. Cut off her head. It's put it on a pike. It's awful. Bill the butcher. Uh, but yeah, that that uh, Simmons just he's the best in it. But also like the message of it is yes. like weird to me. Like it is basically that the think, message is like, hey, oh, you want to be a quitter? Then you'll then you're not a genius. I didn't. A, a genius wouldn't quit. I didn't like, see the. I don't know. I, I, when I, I forgot about my first watching, and then I went back and looked at a couple of clips. There is a sequence in the middle where the kid's like, yeah, I just got elevated to the best. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks up with his girlfriend like, mm-hmm. sorry, bitch. <laughs> I'm headed to the big time, and you can't. Like, you'll hold, yeah. No, he literally breaks up with it because he said, you'll hold me back. And we like, are all creative people, and I don't know if you've ever suffered from the arrogance of a minor success. And I haven't <laughs> really... I, I don't mm-hmm. see that depicted a lot in film, and that's... This kid, you love him, and then you start to hate him in the middle. Yeah. Well, he starts kind of internalizing and turning more and more into J.K. Simmons. Yes, into totally. an awful, awful human being. I I loved his best scene in the movie, uh, the teller. Miles Teller? Yeah, the, his best scene in the movie, I thought, was the the dinner with, the, with the, like... When he's giving him shit like, oh, well, you're on Division Three, Like, who fucking cares? Like, like uh, I did really well at the football. Yeah, but you're yeah. in CFAA Division Three. It's like, oh, you think it's a joke, huh? Yeah, I do. Well, come play with us. Four words the NFL will never say to you. Like, that, <laughs> uh, it was oh, so, wow. like, he was such a great prick. And it was also just such a, for, it, it is, it was a nerd wish fulfillment yeah. scene of just like, <laughs> Oh, you think you're better than me, Jock, because you play football and I play music? Well, I'm the best at what I do, and you're third bet. You're in Division Three, not even, like doesn't matter. Like who cares? Yeah, but sort of like uh, I guess in in it ties in with Birdman, and that they're mm-hmm. both about sort of like real art versus fake art yeah. and suffering mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, and I feel like the the character is thinking like I have to suffer to be a genius mm-hmm. um, but there's a fine line between you know suffering to become a genius and just being a glutton for punishment yeah. from a sadist uh, yeah there's yeah. scenes of this kid's like hands breaking apart yeah. and bleeding is, everywhere is he the talented one that uh, Mason's teacher was talking about mm-hmm. in boyhood or is, is he one of the morons who are willing to work their asses Ooh. off so these are great companion pieces by the way Oh, I I I like judging gr- the groups of Oscar films together. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. how they how they re- correspond to each other. But yeah, I think the I, I felt the the message kind of was or just like the, the Simmons character Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks that like the only way to you you have to earn being a genius. You have to earn it. And if you were, he says, 
Charlie Parker wouldn't have been discouraged. Like he wouldn't have stopped if he if he was if he did get discouraged, then he wouldn't have been Charlie Parker. He would because he would have been a quitter. And Buddy Rich is that the one they keep mm-hmm. referring to? Well, yeah. no, he no the Bird is the one he keeps referring to. That he throws the symbol at. He's like mm-hmm. I threw the symbol. He, he Bird didn't become the Bird until this guy threw a symbol at him. And so that's how Simmons saw himself too. And mm. I, I refer, I just yeah. love, but it. it was like codependency, like it totally was. What like, I do think is a great movie, and a lot of, like we talked about them. I think American Sniper is pretty cool to watch. You probably should never watch that again. <laughs> Selma, is it? You need to watch that movie. You'll never want to watch it again. <laughs> um, Whiplash, Boyhood, and Grand Budapest, I will watch over and over again. Mm. The, those are the three. Well, you can pick apart his performance; is great, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think he's and possibly the next one. I like mean father figure yes. characters <laughs> too. Like I do. Well, kinda, I didn't have one. Well, it's nice to have one that's like, oh, I guess there's more wisdom to. I, I, uh, oh. boy, I had I had a father figure who was more. He was more thinking. He was giving like maybe that's also why I didn't like the message of Simmons's character because. I worry that like assholes in the real world who do not have lines written for them to be brilliant or have mm-hmm. a have a fictional ending that makes them right mm-hmm. will think, oh, it's tough love. I'm the tough love guy. Like the, no. I'm just like I'm just like drummer man. I I'll think slap the, you in the face too. The ending points like, out that he's a paranoid. J.K. Simmons is a paranoid psychopath. Oh, a yeah. truly awful individual. Very vindictive. And that's that's a vague spoiler, but like he's, he's just bad. He's, he's yeah, a he's a bully. He's a fucking bully, piggybacking on the talent of other people. But there were those weird scenes. There were a couple scenes sprinkled Love throughout it. that were just like. I mean, there understand. were a couple scenes sprinkled throughout that said, "Here's this softer side. Here's where he's sad about somebody dying. Here's him talking to a little girl." All manipulative moments like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hear, like, okay, so what do actual experts on jazz drumming? Think of that scene that we listened to. Mm-hmm. With the, are you dragging or? Are you, I couldn't tell the difference. That's and that's that's the point. It's one yeah. of the, it's one All of the right. things I loved about the film. Well, it, and that's the point of the scene. But more yeah. that like he's fucking I, with him. I do love films that, in a casual way, hit me over the head with a bunch of hardcore shit I could never possibly relate to. And there were a bunch of terms thrown around that I don't know anything about. Mm. That this guy to me sounds like the best drummer in the universe, <laughs> and, and the fact that like anybody has any reason to critique him, and they use specific terms in five, you asshole. Like I don't know the fuck they're talking about. I loved. I, I don't know. I, I really yeah, really double liked swing time. Go. <laughs> 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 uh, that reminded me. But I, I was swing noticing time. several times in the film how they show how they have to express visually for mm. the audience. Whether somebody's playing well or not, and it's mostly Simmons's face. Like mm-hmm. Simmons' face tells you, "Oh, this is good jazz playing," as opposed to not good. Like it's sometimes really hard. You, if you don't know jazz, you don't know if it's doing better. So you need his character. It's kind of like uh, I noticed that kind of technique with music, where it's mm-hmm. all subjective, and you have to know that it's not good. That they have to have a character basically say, "Oh, this sucks." Like in Citizen Kane, every time his his <laughs> his second wife is singing and doing bad, like if you don't really know opera, you can't tell she's doing awful, no. and so they keep having to show <laughs> yeah, like the stagehands yeah. like holding their nose, like uh, uh, no way, you. Yeah. this performance stinks. <laughs> we talked about that before, right? Like that whole scene is is. is doesn't work very well because we don't know that that's a bad singer. She sounds like every other singer I've they seen have in a movie. Tell, well, they yeah, they, they have to let you. you know. I really hate it though when they have to tell you that something's great. Mm-hmm. It's like, shouldn't we be able to tell if it's like a pop star? Someone's supposed to be like mm-hmm. the biggest pop star in the world. And they start singing and you have to have someone go like, "Wow, she's the best." But, it's like uh, she's no, I'm not hearing that actually. No, this this movie, I think that's deserved because I don't know who the 
young actor is who plays is it Teller? Yeah, Miles Teller. Uh, Miles, uh, he is doing all his own. Dr- he either is doing it on screen or like he did it in ADR and is pantomiming uh, to his own drumming. He but he he really did all that. Of- Holy shit! Like he turns in a very great performance and is actually an awesome drummer. Holy crap! And he has the face of somebody I hate. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I can't describe it. But like every time I see someone that looks like a kid, I don't like them. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, also, Paul, quick quick shout out to Paul Reiser. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, no. I mean, this whole movie is like, yeah, Paul Reiser's the biggest star in this movie. <laughs> he gets, he gets yeah. a ton of shit, Paul Reiser. But he's, you and know, all I gotta say to that is a very small film, but is he aliens. just breaks my heart. Yeah. Everybody loves yeah. aliens, and Paul Reiser is fucking sweet in that movie. <laughs> the, he shows yeah. acting chops that you will not believe because we only know him for Mad About You and My Two Dads. Uh, and well, I yeah. even like Bye Bye Love, but then it was on HBO every seven seconds. I, I, when I, I was think growing I up. said that like he, it is, it is like a corny movie and not a cool movie to like. But mm-hmm. his one, the thing about my folks with Peter Falk, like I didn't hear about it that. actually touched me. And it, yeah. like it's a, it's about father son stuff, and it really like touched me in a, in a certain way. I don't it's, think it will work for everybody. Speaking but. of touching Henry, um, the next. I wasn't interested at all in the next movie until Henry. Well, we we have a deleted scene from. We do we probably play first. We do, but I wasn't in, I wasn't interested at all in the next movie. And Henry told me how it touched him, and uh, but before we get to that, uh, I believe is it a deleted scene. Sure. Throw us to break, Mike. <laughs> oh, it's on me now? <laughs> I don't want to do it. The way you do it. Yeah, here's a deleted scene from Whiplash that we uh, did not come up with. You purian piece of dog shit. Do what I say and you'll be a great drummer. Why are you putting up with the farmer's insurance guy yelling at you like that? Because I want to be the greatest jazz drummer ever. I want to have a technical skill that's not fun to listen to and is only appreciated by a very, very, very tiny group of old people. That's a terrible goal. My dad is Paul Reiser. It's amazing I can tie my shoes. Drum hardy, you piss drinking horse son. This is totally worth it. Do you have, like, no spine at all? Just go find another teacher. But then I won't win the jazz band competition at the empty high school auditorium. I will shank you with my baton, you pimply fuckstain. I hope my constant and arrhythmic drumming next door to the Birdman set doesn't drive Michael Keaton insane. Thanks for the help, bro. Parker, go get me photos of the Birdman. Oh, boy. I have no idea what just happened. Oh, what fun! Uh, I don't even remember recording. <laughs> anyway, hi everybody. This is our Oscar show. We're we're it's we're at the end. We're at the final stretch, yep. right? This is it. We've done this them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, One more. The, the One best more. picture nominees. I'm sure you saw the animation nominees and everything nominated for sound. You probably should have been Lego man. Well, no, I mean Princess Kaguya is probably. Yeah. I, I have a theory on Lego. What's that? Why yeah. why Lego Movie was not nominated for best animated feature? I think everyone assumed it was a lock since it came out. Mm-hmm. That everyone thought everyone else was voting for it and nobody oh, voted no. for it. Like fucking Bart for president. That's that's my. I hope everything is awesome. Gets it. Oh, and man, but J.K. Simmons, I hope he wins something. And Meryl Streep, did she get nominated? Yeah, did for Into still the Woods. Got, yeah. She was the best part of that movie. Gross. No. We still do have one movie to talk about. What's that? The Imitation uh, Game. Yeah, exactly. Doing a little we have one clean more. Up here. Right we have one because we didn't right, talk right. about any other nominations because I don't know them as well. I just wanted to make sure I got the ah. best picture nominations nailed. It's very rare that I even get this thorough. I only didn't see Theory of Everything, and I will never see it. <laughs> Uh, I feel yeah. like I've and, already seen it because I've seen Imitation Game. This movie, I, I would, 
this movie I was I was told I wouldn't like and it wasn't that good and then Henry had expressed like I didn't know that aspect of it yeah I um, mean uh, well the the gay aspect of it is very interesting well here to me, yeah let me let me play right. the clip you have a clip this, this is a good introduction to the actual film um I'll go that's what you're doing here the top secret program at Bletchley you're trying to break the German Enigma machine what makes you think that greatest encryption device in history and the Germans use it for all major communications. If the Allies broke Enigma, well, it would turn into a very short war indeed. Of course that's what you're working on. But you also haven't got anywhere with it. If you had, you wouldn't be hiring cryptographers out of university. You need me a lot more than I need you. I, I like solving problems, Commander. And Enigma is the most difficult problem in the world. No, Enigma isn't difficult, it's impossible. The Americans, the Russians, the French, the Germans, everyone thinks Enigma is unbreakable. Good. Let me try, and we'll know for sure, won't we? Won't we? I love it. Love his accent, and I cannot (laughs) express to you how little I paid attention to or retained from history classes as a kid. But one of them was a mystery machine when I was... That Maybe Scooby and the gang the showed up in. <laughs> God damn it! One of the, one of them was this little encrypted machine that the Nazis would use to send messages around, and that didn't come out until I was a little kid in like the eighties or the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, this even existed, and I remember that to this day. And fuck, had no internet to explore my curiosity about it. I forgot my teacher <laughs> saying the name of what it was. He was telling me why it was important and why we're talking about it now. But there was this machine that was broken behind the scenes and like uh the government didn't no government talked about it just in case the nazis rose to power again (laughs) or in case the soviets wanted to use it again and like didn't want to disclose that they had broken the encryption of this machine that basically decoded all these messages and allowed and now it's it's i think it's well depicted in the movie like the allies to ritualistically win the war by not acting on every message but acting on important messages and win the war. And I I never heard anything else about I didn't know this what that's what this movie was about until I watched it myself. I didn't know. And I was so excited once I realized that's what they were talking about. The the Enigma yeah. machine. Well, I was I was fascinated because Alan Turing, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a, the originator of the Turing test was the first person to really do any sort of experiments with AI. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I was I was just excited to see like he, and he did that before World War 2. Um, during World War II. Well, wow. actually, the uh, spoiler, the machine that he develops mm-hmm. to crack the Enigma code is like one of the world's first real computers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They called it a Turing machine. and yes. that, it, it, that is a great quote over the end. It's just like, the Turing machine, you call it computers today. Mm-hmm. Like, that... It. I mean, it is a. It is the suffering. Tywin Lannister hates it and wants <laughs> yeah. it. Wants it put down. Everybody I, keeps trying to fucking break it and like, yeah. oh, we don't. This is a, a folly. Yeah. Like a so hundred thousand dollars on a machine. So that film, computes. The film hits all the biopic numbers. That's my like number one complaint. S- totally. It. No one believes in you. I do. Yeah. Oh, uh, and everyone's got to not believe in him. And then they start to come I guess around. We've all bo- then, I guess you've won us all over. Yeah. Then he wins them all over. They all stand up for him. Yeah. Like, if you fire him, you have to fire us. And then there's flashbacks about his childhood. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that one kid is nice to him. That kid's fucking toast. <laughs> <laughs> that kid doesn't make yeah. it. That kid. Well, yeah. 
Oh, he's back? Oh, wow, he's not dead yet? Let's see. Yeah, I'm looking at the watch. Like, if, 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 I, if I were to think of this realistically, like, doesn't it make a whole lot more sense, especially in retrospect, that the Allies would be like, we need to develop a machine that can counter Enigma, mm-hmm. as opposed to, we need to assemble uh, the world's best analysts and cricket cryptographers, let's say about five of them, mm-hmm. and have them work in a room for 18 hours a day and have uh, over a machine with 156 quintillion possible combinations. And that's reset every day. Yeah. So if they're not, if they don't break it by the end of the day, they have yeah. failed. And let's, let's just make them do that over, like, that's a, that's fucking Sisyphean. That's rolling a boulder uphill and, up and watching it roll great down. great line from Charles Durning, is that it? Uh, Charles oh, Dance. Dance, <laughs> Dance, sorry. Uh, Charles Dance uh, is saying, like, yeah, it's, uh, have you won a war? I have, and it's done by <laughs> duty, responsibility, and following orders. And it's, it's like done by massing millions of men in a ditch yes. and then having them run straight into machine gun fire. I love that when the Brits are brought up in like American films, it's always like, man, these guys are addicted to duty. <laughs> <laughs> addicted to duty, it'll huh. kill them. Duty, duty. <laughs> I even think of Bridget and River Kwai. I a good uh, example of that. Uh, Martin Strong is very good in the film too. I, I Mark I, Strong. Mark Strong. Sorry, the yeah. uh, I I I really he's like always a bad guy. Well, it's kind of nice to see him more, not be yeah. the main bad guy. I mean, he's a creep, but why well, he's not a creep? But like he knows he he his job is to know everything. So he's yeah. he's and, James Bond. Yep, yeah, he is. He's he is. undrunk James Bond. He's the, <laughs> he is the Bond of the film, and uh, well, that's like I know Batch does an amazing yes. performance. I like, love yeah. his accent too. I love the way he says "homosexual" with a Y in it. Um But Kira Knightley was also—I thought she was very good. She was okay. Yeah, yeah, she was great. She didn't have too much to do. I, I like. Well, hmm. that is the curse of being a woman in a biopic about a, a great man. <laughs> it does. It yeah, just it feels you like you have to hold them in the face and say, "I believe in you." That's yeah. about it. Even though and then they cry, I was and maybe hope, slap them. I was hoping she'd get to do more because they basically have a scene. Their introduction is, "Oh, everyone underestimates this woman." Like, and but she never gets actually. She better. never gets that scene where she discovers anything. No, she she's really just that, more support. You can be a sham. Wife. That really confused me, and <laughs> you know, there, there's one. I, I can't go to the movies anymore without hearing fuckers talk during the movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And there was there was one point where it's like somebody was like he turned to his wife and said, "Can you tell what's going on?" And like. I can, but at the same time, I kind of sympathize with you because, like, I didn't understand. Okay, so she uh, wows everyone at this crossword puzzle. She wins the contest. Yes, she wins the contest. Uh, they can't tell her parents what she's doing, and it's very inappropriate for her to work with men. So they have her just go to this village with these other women who are also working at this uh, quote-unquote factory. Don't understand. But then she never has any contact with the team it that's feels, actually working on the project. It feels like there's yeah. some script where she has more to do with what's actually going on. Yeah, it's yeah. very strange. And it she, feels like they took a lot of artistic They established her as the, uh, you're the ace in the hole, the one no one sees coming. Now you're the wife. The sham wife. Actually, yeah. um, the yeah. beard. They, the they beard. didn't give her any. They didn't give her really much to do. Technically, I did want to see some of that, and mm-hmm. and that there wasn't. I kind of wanted a little more technical detail about the machine. You did you? I, that would I confused people too did, much. Like really, like well, one, one like or they, two lines to just explain. Well, yeah. how they gave us how just enough for it to be it's confusing. Just, like, it's just mm-hmm. magical. It's just apparently. all these tumblers spinning, and, and then they yeah. have to click into place. Like, well, how if does you look, it know if when you look closely at the knobs? There's like numeric letters on it. So it's running yeah. through every possible code scenario. Oh, and then spoiler: the the spoiler, solution we win the, war. the solution they stumble across is the dumbest, most obvious thing. It's very cinematic ever. Yeah. Mm. 
like, oh yeah, we found this guy who's using the same four letters, and then every single message the Nazis uh, send signs off with Heil Hitler. Wouldn't you use that as the starting as point the for figuring out what the code is? Yeah. Well, yeah. it was yeah, it was one of those moments in a film. Like the second they started, that was another of those paint by numbers moments. Like. They're having a conversation that is seemingly pointless, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't have a pointless scene in this type of film. Yeah. And so I was waiting for an, a Joe, eureka moment. Yeah, a eureka, mm-hmm. the eureka yeah. moment to come yep. uh, from some flighty dame. And like, so, yeah. so Henry didn't tell me I needed to see this movie. I was like, I need to watch all these movies. I think I'll watch the imitation game tonight. She's like, oh, are you going to do that? Made me sad. I'm like... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the biggest vote for this movie I've ever had. This movie makes Henry sad. Why? I don't know. Because I only knew the war stuff about it. Yeah, no, it was the... It is the the game. The just... Number number one, I I was... And you didn't even tell me that. I didn't know. His life is a sad life. And Mm -hmm. also just like... It's it's a depressing thing to the history is depressing if you want to look into if you look too closely at it. But one very depressing thing about it is like the the lives literally like destroyed, t- torn apart by by uh, like uh, sodomy laws and all that. Like and in England, for example. I took a class on this subject and I forgot the trilogy of books I read, which star like famous authors like Percy and Owens and Lewis Carroll's real name. About homosexuals during this period, and it's like it was a time of war, and like gay shit was happening forever. Well, yeah, and they, then, they, and, they like then, all fuck each other. In no, 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 gay shit was happening <laughs> in society forever, and then like <laughs> people became fixed on it, fixated on it during mm. World War One, and put a name to it, and then started fact. I'm probably getting all this this wrong, but like you know, the Roman Empire was like totally doing that shit, yeah. and like somewhere around the turn of the century, the last century. Much like, uh, fuck it, fine. That well, gay marriage was made a fucking all, topic. All Nobody sexuality cared. was cracked down Nobody on. Nobody gives Victorian a fuck age. about gay marriage. It's just one of those things assholes use to try and polarize us. This is a very Western perspective on homosexuality, too. It, it, it is, it is. But like, mm-hmm. the English are way more. No, that's what I'm saying. But like, but, but like, it was demonized to such an extent in England during this period, and like, I think more so than it ever has been in America. Maybe. Well, Did you see it, his options? Well, as in societally, yes. Go to the, jail or go to get well, chemical no, but, castration. Well, the, like, I can't sodomy, work if I go to jail. There weren't as many. Like there was just there were sodomy laws on the books until mm-hmm. in America until the Supreme Court took it down. Mm-hmm. But they just weren't really all that enforced for a while because. Mm-hmm. But like if you look back, say the Stonewall riot that happened in 69 the I dog it was. right back of the dog yeah that that was just because yeah men can't be together like uh, like just, that's why i sent you that movie because like yeah. i didn't i wouldn't know about the stonewall shit but, if not for you okay so turing like i didn't know the end of Turing's story like in his history and it was very sad but as it as the film began i was like oh fuck uh no nah, like that just the repressed t- tales of repressed homosexuality, like they're important and they're historically important, but they're also a real fucking downer. And I, I like all these films that are empowering and not about just like the sadness of the closet and everything. Well, and what, so, mm-hmm. and this what that one is about. And there was never slight spoiler, but there's never a scene where where sex or sexuality is fun for Turing. He never like it's. 
Nope. It's, it's, it's a burden he has it's to a punishment. Bear. It's like, it's the same as if he had, was like, he had AIDS. Yeah. AIDS is a bad one to say, but like, if you have, you know, uh, like seizures or MS mm. or whatever, it's like, well, I just have to deal with yeah, it. Every, it's like, every seven mm. years, my homosexuality flares up and I got to get out and there. I mean, and that's what Pong Far comes upon me. And they, but they make it clear, <laughs> they make it clear that like, like characters to, to be uh, as obvious as the film is, characters literally say to him, well, you can't be gay openly because it's literally a crime and you will go to jail. Like yeah. they, they state that to him so you're not like, he doesn't want to keep his gayness a secret. He knows like society won't allow him to be who he wants well, to it's be. It's also his least defining feature. Yes. Yeah. And we never see anything involved in any of that because I think... It, and that's what makes it more tragic because it's just like the hunger we all have for affection and love and sex. And like he doesn't want that in his brain. He'd much rather work. Yeah. But this is just this thing I have. And I and he treats it awfully, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, I mean, I think the film is trying to do that on purpose because uh, you knew the guy's name. Like, we remember yeah. this person for a reason. Well, you want to know where I first learned about Alan oh, Turing no. and what happened to him? I don't know. Yes. Uh, cracked. Journalism school? No, Assassin's Creed. The place oh, where I learned about all the dumb stuff. <laughs> uh, which one? Uh, I think it was two, like in those cutaways. It was like a, a puzzle. They had a thing, yeah, it was in, in the a puzzle, puzzle thing, and it was about like Alan Turing and the Templars talking about like, he wants to build one of those robots for real. He, <laughs> the, we can't allow this to happen. We have to find something to destroy him. Oh, wait, he's gay. Let's use this against him. Yeah, and that he... Uh, and then so also I really like... I I did not have the exact I I didn't have his experience growing up, mm-hmm. but I definitely had the moments of like boyhood crushes you're not supposed to have. Yeah, and that's what I'm and mm-hmm. and yeah. like the scene literally. Uh, well, you're just, ma- you're, well, you're I'm ma- starting to get slightly emotional now. Do but it. The, the the scene where he's with the principal and yeah, no big uh, he's with the principal and he has to deny his feelings like. I don't even I know him. Even know, I don't even know him. Like yeah. the, the the child does the the child actor who's who's playing young Turing like does a great job of like yep swallowing emotions just like oh, nope I don't feel this yeah. I don't the, feel anything the like, the idea that this is a that gen- really that was hard to watch it's a That's genius apologizing for feelings that he hmm. isn't responsible for and can't control but he knows he's not supposed to yes. have and he's smart enough to know that he's not and, allowed and, to have yeah. well, See, I, w- now, I, I could be wrong but I always thought the British uh, public school attitude public school meaning boarding school mm-hmm. was uh, oh buggery doesn't count if it's in school no there's definitely uh, there's up to three poofed for policy now I, I don't schools. know but I what is that bad I think it's a difference between male friendship and fucking in the dark and like he, they were literally in love like that was yeah. Yeah. they were expressing romantic love I don't think it was as, as that's as, not the same as a circle jerk yeah yeah that's true that's true <laughs> which is yeah. for some reason fine yeah no this uh, is the the one thing that I felt so bad for the character is that he's portrayed as kind of Asperger's-y mm-hmm. I think we, mm-hmm. it's fair to say well that's kind of all and, Cumberbatch does yeah, and then you, yeah, you feel Smell so bad was just like trying to understand human emotions <laughs> well yeah. oh, Sherlock I'm thinking of he yeah, just, he, yeah Smog could not get social cues mm-hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't laugh you know, no, this is my no. this is my anyway. it's my goal get, get out of here <laughs> Yeah, that, that he, you know, he, he can't relate to other people. He doesn't seem to have much in the way of emotions, mm-hmm. and, but the ones that he has are illegal. Yeah, it's yes. like God yeah. damn, can I just be a complete robot? No, I gotta go to jail and shit. And I for think this. I think the combination I just want to kiss cute boys. God damn it! <laughs> the combination of the historical importance of Alan Turing, in addition to his personal 
sexual struggle. Like this is the most formulaic uh, mm. movie of the list, but it made it, for me it made it incredibly worth watching. I, I would I would recommend everybody watch this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't, I, but I've always been fascinated by the Enigma Machine, and I keep kept forgetting to learn more about it. And I'm like, oh shit, this is also plaguing this character who helped who helped win this weird war, like the last just war I can remember. Yeah, the the plotting is extremely formulaic, mm-hmm. but. It, guess, there's there's a lot worthwhile in there, and mm-hmm. it just made me yeah I got just bombed out at the end of like the extreme mm-hmm. injustice of it and like that they which is exactly the message they're giving mm-hmm. but yeah. like Kira Knightley literally give like she gives a speech of like you changed the world here are, I will list the ways you changed the world and made everything different that's one of them yeah <laughs> so got yeah a, that's one of got them an update and on Christopher so that she says this and so then and then the next thing you know is he is gone and you're like yeah and he. He got nothing for it. Like he, the world, sh- like shit all over him for saving it. Like mm-hmm. that, that yep. that's that sucks. But the world couldn't know that he'd saved it. That was the thing because all that that's, shit was classified. And that's and that's like uh, irrespective of the the gay shit. <laughs> but like, uh-huh. but the the idea that this was a secret for so long, like I I I like that I too. still am fascinated yeah. by that. Well, then that also makes me like it's one of those things that uh, the conspiracy party of Ringo is like. Oh, they just now made this public? Like, yeah. how many other things are still secret from the 40s? Well, like, who knows? Yeah. yeah. This is true. This is true. Uh, the government needs to research 9-11. Yeah. And what, I mean, what <laughs> temperature does steel burn? So how about this? We go into our exclusive what of Imitation Game? Trailer? Uh, behind the um, scenes? Yeah, let's, let's call it, sure, a trailer. A behind the scenes trailer. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be right back. A deleted and tell you, trailer. We'll tell you unequivocally what... what Oscar movies you need to watch. Hello, I'm Sherlock. I mean, Alan Turing. And I'm Tywin Lannister. I mean, Commander Deniston. Oh, no, this won't do it all. It appears that we're in an impasse. Look, if you don't like me upstaging your wispy performance, then you'll have to take up with my boss, Winston Churchill. Prime Minister Churchill, sir, there's an autistic homosexual at the door. He says you resemble a huge, smug baby that learned to smoke and drink brandy. Oh, yes, quite right. I do love a good insult. Give him a hundred thousand pounds or whatever else he wants. Oh, and inches. Uh, yes, Prime Minister. Be a good man and change my nappy. I made poor peace. This is an outrage. You can't write out all my scenes. Uh, very sorry, sir, but your personality is much too magnetic. I can't have it around Christopher. Uh, th- that's the name I've given my computer. It will be very important later on. Very well, but I shall return periodically to menace you. Damn you, Turing. I won't abide this madness. What must I do to make you see that four men working 18 hours a day to crack an impossible code is far more efficient than wasting time to create a fanciful computer machine? Maybe if you stop being an idiot. Also, you're stupid, and your mother's stupid. Is it clear yet that I'm bad at making people like me? I'll teach you to mock our Sisyphean labors. I'm going to smash your machine like an angry troglodyte. Duh, computer bad. Computer. Quite. Smash computer. Computer bad. Hello, I'm Kira Knightley, and I'm also in this. Ugh, what? Someone get this woman out of here before it contaminates our clean room. I'll be in my trailer for the rest of this film. Why did you have to be such a woman about this, Kira Knightley? I'm going to go hit on your less sexy friend. Hello, Kira. I'm... I mean, Joan. I'm a homosexual, and therefore the only one who appreciates your talents or can remember your character's name. Would you like to get married? Oh, 
of course. As a dowdy math nerd with fabulous hair and Kira Knightley's bone structure, it's not as though I have better prospects. How about Tuesday? Uh, oh, wait, no, I, I just remembered I can't. A vicious MI6 spook has asked me to feed disinformation to a Soviet spy on Tuesday. I suppose you'd better go home to your parents and not reappear until the end of the movie. Yes, I suppose I better had. It's the 50s now, and I'm famed English actor Rory Kinnear. I had to fuck a pig on Black Mirror, and now I'm playing a detective investigating Alan Turing for homosexuality. My career is just all kinds of great. Hello, Detective. I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, Alan Turing. Have I told you about the time I built a computer in one World War II? Also, I'm gay. I was convinced you were a Soviet spy, but now you've gone and disappointed me by just being a homosexual. It's the chemical castration for you! Hello, Alan. I'm back again. How sad that you've been driven to the brink of madness and have only your loveless ex-wife to comfort you. Yes, well, it's not all bad. I built another computer and named him after my boyhood crush. I have a phone in my pocket that makes your room-filling computer look like a brain-dead iguana. What? Huh? Never mind. Let's cut to a slow-motion flashback with on-screen text that will depress the fuck out of viewers because this movie certainly didn't do the job. Quite. I hope you all enjoyed that because I don't remember enjoying it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't. No, I, oh man, this has been a fucking weird day. Uh, wait till next week. We got a great sound effect to play you. Uh, but <laughs> but for me, the the Oscar movies you must watch: um, Boyhood, Grand Budapest, Whiplash, and I do think. Birdman, Birdman is is totally worth your time. I really enjoyed Birdman. I, I can, it's a very fun movie. I did too. It's just like, I don't know. There's a couple things about it that, that like have it falling shy of greatness. Uh, Selma and Imitation Game, you should watch. Yeah, you, you will never watch. watch either of them again. They're not particularly enjoyable mm-hmm. films. I mean, they are in the sense it's like, well, look at the the artistry on display here. Look at the mm-hmm. fucking fantastic performances. Mm-hmm. But like. The writing is a little dry, and uh, yeah, overall, it's like it's not that these are so depressing that you'll mm-hmm. never want to watch them again. It's not like a leaving Las Vegas kind of thing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's more like okay, well, you watch that once, you don't really you you won't have any desire to see it. Yeah, again. it's more like the, the the what I learned about that moment in history that will never that will never have an analog for really. Mm-hmm. Like those are just relics of the past, and to mm-hmm. to understand how far we've come, like uh, imitation, or how not far we've come. or how not yep. far we've come is that's completely fair. But um, yeah, don't watch. Um, hey guys, want to see how far I can come? Um, the other day, I got it on my lampstand. How did Oof. that happen? Oh, How did that happen? Um, I, don't know. I do. <laughs> yeah, I feel Imitation Game and Selma are more like civic duty to watch kind of things. Mm. They're they, mm. they're fascinating glimpses of history, yeah. no matter how cliched and trite they are. And I, I think Selma, especially, is key to understanding a period of history yeah. that is mm-hmm. it tends to get glossed over well, in the American educational curriculum. We, yeah, we we. It, it's not like I don't see it that often anymore. But like there, occasionally the, there was one this year. This article, like Martin Luther King was, he was a self-aggrandizing carnival barker who did like. But this movie makes sense of like, yeah, he had his own uh, dramatic goals. But like, this is why, and like, yeah. changing white consciousness is a huge part of mm-hmm. moving civil rights along. Yeah. It wasn't about no black people needed to be convinced they deserve the right to vote. No, it was, it was people. People in power. Yeah, yeah I, I would say all of these movies are worth watching if mm-hmm. they happen to come on TV. 
even theory mm. of everything which is my least favorite of the bunch mm-hmm. um you know it's kind I'll of a thing where it. it's like if it happens to be on it's you're not gonna you know really regret losing i'll watch two hours. five stephen hawking documentaries and plays well, you of probably have a blu-ray you haven't watched in yeah but there's plenty so. of other things you, you should watch <laughs> boyhood whiplash selma i would say my i'm curious to I, see how I boyhood would, would hold i would watch it i gotta watch that again with my lady friend and i gotta see how that movie holds up on a second viewing i have a feeling it'll it'll be fun on a, on a second viewing I think it, it's very uplifting when you know there's nothing bad that's going to happen yeah uh, it's well, in some ways it's kind of fun the, the discovery of it and how mm. it moves through yeah. time mm-hmm. I've heard oh, a lot that's... of people say that time is the main character yeah and you know how obsessed mm. I am with like how dated this movie is and how dated that is and Linklater makes it a point like this yeah. is the fucking year everything this is the year yeah. this is there, This is third yeah. eye blind this is him playing a, a GBA <laughs> SP like this uh-huh. came out this year this is very specific He's watching DBZ full screen, uh, dubbed. Like I love that. I love that about the film. How it it not only doesn't give a shit about looking dated. It is very, very specific. Like I mean, Birdman also is very in its time. Really like, specific. It is yeah. very like it, it will be dated. Do you think so? Yeah. The the model of phones talking about Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, the second we get something better than Twitter no, no, and Facebook, you, that's kind of those are the things I obsess over. And like to, in my. To, to, in my defense, like someone had said, like technology has moved faster in the last five years than it has in the last fifty, and that's true. And like things seem a lot more because I can watch a movie from like nineteen ninety five, and they're still talking about things my dad can understand. There's no Twitter. There's no oh, Facebook. Awesome, Birdman. Just how long ago nineteen ninety five was, Chris? I know, I know, I know, I know, also, I know. I know. In, in Here's Bird... a hint. That's when I graduated high school. Is it? And I am really goddamn old. Uh, also, in Birdman, like across the street. You know, on Broadway, it is specific shows playing. Oh, yeah, there, Phantom's like playing. But then Phantom's Phantom, playing for a million fucking on Phantom's that. always playing. Anybody no, it's else, Cats like, that's now in forever. I don't want right? to. Those are my opinions. If anybody else has any. Like, what What do you think the. I pretty much feel that way, too. Do we. Do, who, well, what do we think? Should we make a pick of what we think will win the Oscar? Mm. And what. Mm. Sh- or then Boyhood. maybe what Boyhood should will, win the Oscar? Yeah. Boyhood will win the Oscar. I'll be happy the, about it. Like, what is it? Entertainment Weekly did that thing mm-hmm. where, like, we secretly talk to Academy voters yeah. and here's how they're voting. Voting and like the like like five out of most, seventy. Most of them were for boyhood. Yeah, it's going to be boyhood. If yeah. there's an upset, it'll be Birdman. Yeah, mm, yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm guessing boyhood. Actors love movies about actors. They do. It's, it's true, true, but the actor not only actors vote on best picture. It's so. true. That's true, but they're the largest branch. So okay. Yeah. So I think boyhood has everything. It has performances. I, Everybody understands the craft and the dedication mm-hmm. it took to get that movie done. And, and I, I hope Keaton finally gets his Oscar. I do, too. I have to say that kid is an amazing find. Like yeah. Mason, that he grew up and got <sighs> better. Like, he was he was convincing all the way through that. How do you that. know? How do you know well, this kid's going to be good for 12 what is, years? What is the magicness that Linklater has to make child actors not suck? Well, because he, School of Rock is the only good yeah. crazy teacher comes into a yeah. school movie fucking ever. And yeah. those kids are not annoying. Yeah. And that's like his and big I studio picture. I hate all kid actors. <laughs> all I of just them? Really, Even Jonathan Lipton. Nikki? Yes. Oh, Shut up, kids. Charming. How much does a human head weigh? <laughs> so, am I am I off base? Is there any other personal recommendation you guys would like to make? Oh, I did not see enough foreign films this year. I apologize. Wind rises, How baby. Can you ever watching? Like, there's just too many. It's. No, uh, I really want to see Ida. I still haven't seen Citizen Four, so I, I haven't broken into the documentaries this year. I'm sorry. Oh shit! What was Citizen Four? Was it? Um, That's the Snowden one. The Snowden one. Yeah, I really oh. wanted to see that. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't see any new documentaries. That's the only reason I brought up Doug. Yep. I, I, see, I think the only one I saw is Life Itself, the Ebert mm-hmm. one, and it wasn't nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what the hell? That was, was good. It was so good. I, I just, uh, this is this is not even, uh, this isn't a new documentary, but I just watched page one, the uh, one about the New York oh. Times. Uh, it is great. Like, it's, have you guys seen this? Like, no. Oh, man. Okay, anybody who works in media needs to watch that film. Like, it okay. is like essential viewing. One of the best you may have seen, I, I found out this clip that went viral that was in it where I, I watched it because David Carr passed away. He was the New York mm-hmm. Times writer, yeah. and he is a major part of the film, of, the, of page one. And one of his scenes is him visiting the vice offices. And the vice guys, uh, Shane Smith, mm-hmm. is talking about their vice goes to Liberia, thing, or like vice's tour of Liberia. And he's talking up like... Oh, you know, I'm just a guy. I'm I'm showing the world this while, like, you know, New York Times is writing about fucking snowboarding or uh, surfboarding, uh, and then, uh, sorry, surfing, and then and David Carr says like, okay, you know what, like, real quick, like we were, <laughs> we were in we were in Liberia for years writing about civil wars. We were doing all this shit like while you just because you went on a, you put on your fucking safari hat and walked around <laughs> Liberia doesn't mean shit, okay. Fuck you! And, like, it was like this great like fuck you to Shane. It was awesome to hear like him say like these hipsters like oh you you went to Liberia huh? And I guess you're telling the world about Liberia. Nobody's ever heard of it, right? Well, I think I think that's the bummer of new media is because if David Carr was still alive, he'd be working for BuzzFeed mm-hmm. because there's two people with a dedicated the dedicated money to send people off and cover things in a foreign capacity. Mm-hmm. Like the interest is not there in two niche people. It's kind of all the world has left for it. I don't, it's, it's a bummer. I, I needed to read, I had barely read any David Carr stuff and now I need to read like, I don't be period. Yeah. If, it, if Spider-Man didn't say it, I didn't read it. <laughs> Speaking of which, plugs. K-Prices, oh. how about that? Hey, K-Prices, comic book podcast I host oh, every depressed. week. It's, it's just a little late. And also, yeah, bummer, uh, sad things talking about at the end made me sad. I'm sorry, sweetie. K- but K-Prices, comic book co- podcast I host every week with Chris. And you're, you're out now and you're wearing an awesome thing t-shirt. And oh, there, there, there are too many great things to say about Hank. Um, <laughs> unlike me, who is writing stuff at lasertimepodcast.com, um, if you go there now... Uh, the thing, the thing, I'm, I'm sort of. You wrote a great thing about uh, the Spider-Man news, um, but oh, yeah. I, in honor of that, I put up a bunch of Spider-Man wallpapers that I've been collecting over the last couple of years, optimized for all smartphones, super high-res images to use as backgrounds for your shit. Um, they're really pretty. Spider-Man is the best thing in my life on certain days. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm probably the least worthwhile producer here in that I just have my weekly video game podcast, ah, Video yeah. Game Apocalypse, mm. which goes up uh, very early Thursday mornings. Mm-hmm. I think is uh, what we're doing now. I have no idea. Uh, it's whenever it gets edited. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to edit that fucking mm-hmm. show. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. For making it hard to edit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's cheap podcast, the pro wrestling. There podcast. is a new episode with about yeah. NXT that I think is really, really fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Dave actually has us to improv and cut promos, and it, I don't know. I, I don't think we did a bad job. No, it made me. It made me really happy to start like doing silly comedic stuff, like these sketches. And uh, VG Empire, the video game music podcast, mm-hmm. uh, hosted by Brad Elston. So I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. Yay. Right, See you guys. next year, kids. Good night. <laughs>